Welcome, everybody. Hope you're having a good day so far. We have a lot to cover here. Lots to cover. I hope everybody's doing well, and I hope we're live. <laughs> uh, let me know if there's any issues with the sound or anything in the live chat. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. Um, we've got a lot of news to cover, a lot of news to cover, both on the election front, COVID, the vaccines, just the whole, the whole situation. You know what's going on, but um, hopefully I have some new stories to show you that you haven't seen yet. And uh, I'm going to be reading the chat, so if anybody has anything to send me, definitely put it in the chat, tag my, um, my handle, or you can always send me an email, timtruth at protonmail.com. So let's dive in here. Um, I'm not happy with Trump at all with this vaccine, it, and I just think, you know, this is all just a big ruse now at this point. I think they're just uh, doing the Hegelian dialectic, rich man's tricks, as, as they're sometimes called whereby they can socially engineer people to accept things by giving them somebody that they'll accept it from. And uh, people so desperately want Trump to win, at least his base, that they'll, you know, not call him out on things that they completely, vehemently um, disagree with him on. And uh, I, I do keep my ear to the ground and see how different uh, groups are taking different news. And even Trump's base doesn't like that he's doing this. But you know, they're not going to be too outspoken about it because they can't criticize their, what, what, what do some of them call it, like the God Emperor? I don't know if that's tongue-in-cheek or what, but um, again, again, I, I really dislike Biden even more than I dislike Trump, but I'm not going to give Trump a free pass here just because um, the election might have been rigged. So let's let's keep diving through here. I'm, I'm noticing my mic is giving me a bit of issues. Hopefully it doesn't cut out or anything. We can deal with that if it happens. Before we start, I want to point out that um, you might have noticed on YouTube, there's in social media in general, there's less and less and less and less content. And that is because they are snuffing us out. They're suffocating the creators. There's no, it's very hard to be self-sustaining as a creator these days. So the only way to, to bypass this is if we can connect the people that are watching the channels and the creator and do crowdfunding. So the way that I do that on this channel is patreon.com slash timtruth. And um, if people can get on to Patreon, I can make more and more content. If not, you know, I'll, I'll have to go slave for the man or something. So uh, I really appreciate anybody who's on there or who has been on there in the past. And another way you can support the channel is a website called groupdiscover.com. That's a website that I made and set up for our community to share videos that we come across and it's not a mind control device, unlike the other social media sites that you might be able to, <laughs> to think of. And uh, it's all video based. So you find a video on BitChute, you drop it in there, everybody sees it, um, especially if they're subscribed to you. It's like a social media for video sharing. So it's like YouTube, but you don't have to actually create the videos. You just find videos all over the place, you share them. And the way it works is it's just $4 a month if you sign up with coupon code YTPurge2020. And that all supports this channel. So that is a great way to support. And that's billed annually, just FYI. It's all on the sign-up page if you want to read about it um, or, or see the see the deal. I need to put out some more info about... Let me let me just show you the um, the page real quick. And welcome, everybody, uh, to the chat. Sorry I have to, you know, get down to, to business about, you know, how we can keep independent media afloat. But um, 
but check this out. So this is the website. I can see people are sharing new videos. Uh, somebody put Secret of the Labyrinth in there. Somebody put uh, Crater Earth. And these are just my subscriptions here. So everybody who signs up gets their own channel, if, unless they want to be anom an, anom anomalous. What? That's not the right word. Um, anonymous, excuse me. So if you go to um, your account page, there's an option to be anonymous. And, and then nobody will see you. But if you're not anonymous, you can... Um, you can share videos and you can have your own page. You can, um, everyone can publish videos, even if you're anonymous, but it, the way it works is like, okay, if I click on this video, uh, N Westwind shared this, he was one of the first supporters, shout out to, to Noah and, uh, you can give it. You can give it a rating. Sorry for the mic issue. I think I figured out how to fix it if it starts glitching out and if it's bad, I can do something else, but um, you, you give it ratings and then uh, people can share it. So you see the list of all these people that shared it down here. You can just go over to their page, see all the videos they put out and subscribe or unsubscribe. So just a quick plug for something that would keep this channel afloat if you want to support it. All right, let's dive in. Tons of news here. First story, volunteers who took Pfizer vaccine said it felt like suffering a severe hangover. And that's just the first dose, people. The Pfizer... Um, it's Pfizer and BioNTech are the companies. It's an mRNA vaccine. And the way it works is it, it basically coerces the cells or something. I don't know exactly how it does it, but they say that it injects into the cells and gets them to produce something like a, a spike protein in the coronavirus that the body learns to fight off and then develops immunity or something like that. Although they're, they're, they keep saying statistics like, oh, it's 90% effective. It's a miracle. And then we're like, okay, what 90% effective at what? How did you test it? Uh, what's going on here? And we can't really get a lot of good answers from them, which is, um, it's sad. And especially if you look at Pfizer's track record with all sorts of, uh, well, I'll cover that in a second here. But let's just look at what this New York Post article says it's like after you take a, um, a Pfizer vaccine. So some volunteers who took part in Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine trials say they left feeling like they had a severe hangover, according to reports. More than 43,500 people in six countries. Okay, so huge trials, right? They're just on a massive scale pumping people full of experimental drugs with the hope that they can get it approved and then get it into even more people's bodies, billions and billions of people. And... Um, some of these volunteers say they believe that the drug um, or believe they had the drug because of headaches, fever, and muscle aches. So uh, they don't know whether they had the vaccine or the actual active ingredients, but they, they feel like it was the actual drug because of how bad they felt. Headaches, fever, muscle aches reported from the sun. Uh, Glenn DeShields, who's from the same state I'm in, Texas, uh, says his severe hangover symptoms soon cleared up. However, he later took an antibody test that came back positive. I guess that's good, right? If you have antibodies, allegedly that's good. But um, really crazy stuff. Experimental technology rolled out faster than any vaccine ever. Or, or th that's what people are saying, that um, it's probably going to get emergency approval and it'll be like five times faster than any other vaccine has ever been produced. And that terrifies me because I don't want experimental mRNA 
injected into my deltoids or whatever, wherever they, I don't know if they put it into the arm muscle or into the vein, but it's very, very creepy to me. Why, why are they so hell-bent on vaccines that are administered through a needle? I mean, it seems almost like they're trying to induce trauma. It seems almost like um, when children are raised in this world, they're just inundated with so much trauma that it makes them more suggestible, more, suggestible, more controllable. Um, it maybe puts triggers into people that can be exploited later. So this is just the type of stuff that I'm thinking of whenever I read these stories. Uh, so it just goes on and on. Um, well, not on and on. Another few paragraphs here. Another volunteer who only gave her first name, Carrie, said she suffered a headache, fever, and aches all over her body after the first shot. Symptoms that were more, or, symptoms that were even more severe after the second one. Symptoms got more severe after the second time she got the shot. So remember, that's the other thing about the shot. It's a two-shot two-shot deal. You have to go back in like a month or, or a few weeks. So very concerning. Also very concerning that this person thought that taking part in the trials was her civic duty. I mean, I feel like that's concerning that people feel like they have to be human guinea pigs in order to, to be a good member of society. And that's what they're trying to train people. They're like, hey, these are heroes. Anybody who volunteers to be a human guinea pig for huge drug companies to make a ton of money um, by you know authorizing their, their stuff through trials. Um, oh, those people are heroic. Yeah, they might be the heroes of the drug companies, but they're not my heroes. Uh, and I, I, I really resent people who, who try to put into people's mind that, oh, if you go you know donate your body to science while you're still alive with being a, hu a human guinea pig, that you're somehow better than everybody else. It's like, no, let's not create a society where we teach children to, to just go be used and, and chewed up and spit out by these um, major pharmaceutical companies who already are just swimming in so much money. I mean, in reality, if anything, these people should be paid like, in my opinion, millions of dollars to, to be in these trials. Like the amount of worth that your life has should not be understated. You shouldn't sell your body to some fat cats for 60 bucks. All right, let's keep moving on. And oh, by the way, we're going to have a, uh, a stream on the other channel where we can talk more freely. I'm sitting on a strike here on this channel. So um, later tonight, we are going to have an open panel on the backup channel. Um, let me put a link in the chat. Backup channel. And uh, that'll be a call-in show. So you can just call in, speak your mind. We'll go through this news. If you see anything in this news that you want to discuss, if you want to sound off, get your uh, speak your mind, uh, get your thoughts out, the backup channel will be where we have the full stream. And thank you for everyone who um, who helped me build that up already. We, we hit 1,000 over there. So we have a good-sized group um, and zero strikes. So clean, clean slate over there. So the idea is we kind of spread out those strikes and we can maybe last a little bit longer. So Code Monkey Z has come to um, to fame in this country. <laughs> Code Monkey Z, also known as Ron on Twitter, uh, he's just been doing a lot of deep diving into the Dominion voting systems and and any potential for them to be exploited. Or actually, let me put that differently. Any any way they can be rigged or any security problems that could be exploited. 
Um, and this is very concerning, especially if you look at the raw data and things like I covered in the last stream with tens of thousands of votes jumping sides. And you're like, if this is a data database-driven voting system, there's no real good explanation for that other than maybe foul play comes to mind is like the, the leading uh, possibility if you just use um, Occam's razor. So uh, here's what CodeMonkey Z is saying. Pennsylvania Department of State requested a function. So I guess when you do like bidding, when you're saying, okay, we're, we're going to buy a bunch of election systems, uh, put your bids in. And then there's like a process where they can, where the state can say, okay, we got your bid. How much would it cost if we could add these things in there as well? And um, here's what they asked for. They requested a function from Dominion Voting System to allow local operators to access totally blank ballots to examine and remark if needed and allowed and then rescan into the tabulator. So what is this all about? Um, blank ballots is the section here. Totally blank ballots. Any blank ballot alert is tested. Totally blank ballots. If blank ballots are not immediately processed, there must be a provision to recognize and accept them. Totally blank ballots. If operators can access a blank ballot, there must be a provision for resolution. Operators can examine a blank ballot, remark if needed, and allowed, and then rescan it. Why are operators filling out ballots and scanning it and rescanning? I don't know. This just seemed really odd. I wanted to share that. Uh, the next thing I wanted to show is that um, some people are putting out this version of the electoral map, which is interesting, and um, it's really triggering the mainstream. I was trying to look up to see uh, the updated version. Apparently, this is from Epoch Times. And uh, when you search for it on Google, Epoch Times electoral map, nothing comes up except for debunking articles. <laughs> like breaking news is like, oh, people are sharing a, a, a meme that says that Trump has more electoral, vo electoral votes. That's not true. It's not true, guys. And uh, the only point they're bringing up is According to the Epoch Times, who has as much right to say whatever they want as any other media outlet, right? The free press, does that still mean something to, to you guys? It means some, a whole hell of a lot to me. Uh, they want to call it differently. They want to say, hey, let's wait till these uh, legal cases um, wrap up and the recounts. So although the, the, uh, the Georgia recount is really starting to annoy people because they're, they're not doing things like uh, checking to see if the the signatures match, and so on and so forth. We'll get to some of the uh, complaints people have with the Georgia recount in a second. But um, I thought this was interesting, and it, I, I don't agree with the fact that it's not like they're trying to say Trump's going to win, he's winning. They're just saying, hey, let's hold off, guys. You know, there's still some uh, big legal challenges taking place and recounts, and, you know, maybe they take it too far and they just don't want to call things yet. But saying I don't know is smarter than saying you do know when it could be wrong, right? So that's how I feel. I, I like I like getting different takes, right? It's We don't want to have a monolith media that just tells us this is fact and nobody can say anything else and you'll be scrubbed off Google if you say anything else and we'll, we'll write a million pieces saying how dumb you are and how anybody who shares it should be censored and just nonsense like that. So um, here is... The, it's basically the same that we just showed. I, I, I just wanted to point out that when you look it up on Google, let me let me do a quick demo here. Epoch Times electoral map. This is the search I did. 
Top stories fact check. Some electoral maps show Trump leading with 232 votes. They're wrong. Trump does not have more electoral votes than Biden. After Biden win, right wing. Sorry about that. Uh, after Biden wing, right wing sites still push false vote claims. Let me uh, adjust some of these settings. Maybe it'll work, work better. <laughs> so it's just all like, here's a PolitiFact. Trump does not have more electoral votes than Biden. And then there's nothing about Epoch. Oh, here's the Epoch Times at the bottom of the first page. <laughs> Actually, they have two entries here. So just totally ridiculous. After you scroll through all the major media just saying how ridiculous it is to say you don't know what's going to happen. So they're really trying to, to create this, um, this rift, this divide in the country, I think, where you have a lot of people really fed up being labeled every, every single... Um, Every single tweet they put out, every single video they put out is labeled, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. This claim is disputed. And um, just the the Biden victory, alleged victory, is shoved down everybody's throat. And uh, it's really upsetting a lot of people. And then the Biden people, um, you know, are so reconditioned, conditioned and reconditioned and um, reinforced is the word I'm looking for. That they're correct, that they won, that any other thing is treason, anything else is uh, dictor, uh, dictator moves by Trump. And uh, ultimately, though, I think one very strong possibility is that they are both on the same side. And it's like a WWE match to get people enthralled and, and really interested in what's happening and taking sides and then supporting their side and attacking the other side predictably, and then they can create news to, to leak out that causes one side or the other or both to get into a big frenzy, a hissy fit, etc. So I don't know exactly what's going on. I can't say that what I just said there is actually what's happening, but I do tend to think that everything is kind of scripted out and designed to enrage and, uh, and distract and deceive. So uh, let's look here. Uh, this is a little clip from Rudy Giuliani on, I think, next or America's Voice, I guess. And let's let's watch what he says here. And I'll speed it up a little bit. Things that a lot of our viewers have asked about is particularly this Dominion voting software. This was the software that was used in Michigan. And in Antrim County, they had Joe Biden up by thousands of votes. They claimed there was a software glitch. It was discovered. It was fixed. And then it turned out that President Trump was actually up by thousands of votes. We know that you and your team have been investigating this. At, this, at the present time, do you have any whistleblowers inside Dominion who you're speaking with? Well, I wouldn't call them whistleblowers. We, we have... Um... We have a person who's come forward with an affidavit inside of Dominion that has said that Dominion observed the 100,000 phony ballots that were brought in at 4 o'clock in the morning mm. on November 5th that were all Biden ballots that appeared by every measure to be phony ballots since they were brought in the back door. They were not in the proper containers. They were sticking out of the paper bags and cardboard boxes. And they were told that these were ballots that were needed to catch up to Trump because Trump was too far ahead. 
when they were counted, they were all counted in favor of Biden. The woman who has uh, given us an affidavit, who worked for Dominion, said that she saw not a single Trump vote. She was there for four or five hours. And it appeared to her to be horribly corrupt. And when she reported it, nothing was done about it. She was told it wasn't any of their business. So that's a that's that's not a whistleblower. That's sure. a witness on the record in our lawsuit in in uh, Michigan, which is why I feel pretty good about the lawsuit. There's a hundred thousand vote fraud. Do we have other witnesses for that that are somewhat reluctant to come forward right now? Yes, uh, we can probably corroborate that three or four times. Wow. So I think they're finished on that. I think that's wow. something that actually happened. They brought 100,000 votes in. They were all Biden votes. There was not even a vote for another Democrat. Very interesting. If that's true, we hear a lot of reports that there were a lot of votes that were cast just for Joe Biden and not even other Democrats on the ticket. We've seen we've heard reports that people were filling out ballots in vans. Maybe even a I can't remember if it was the same affidavit that said the van had like Biden Harris on the side. But I can imagine in, in in haste, if you're just trying to get a bunch of Biden ballots, a bunch of Biden ballots filled out, that you might not take the time to go complete the rest of the, the vote. But that's never I, I would I would have a, a hard time imagining that somebody would register to vote, either show up or be mailed an absentee ballot or a mail in ballot and just pick one race, the president race. Although, you know, we know that um, president or the, the elections every four years definitely get more turnout than the ones every every two years. Right. The ones in that between presidential elections, right in between two years after and two years before the next one, they do have congressional races. And I don't know if governor races ever happen at that point, but um, the turnout's much lower. So we know that people are interested in the presidency, even though the Congress probably has more of a I don't know if it has more of an impact on our lives. It definitely has a more impact. Well, it, the checks and balances is very interesting. I do like the way it's laid out. Uh, if it wasn't just for all the infiltrating agents in all the different branches, but uh, Congress is very important for legislation is my point. But the president does have to sign off and veto or sign off or veto every bill that comes through. Now, important to note, if the president does veto the bill, Congress can still override that with a two thirds vote in each chamber. So, um, let's keep rolling here. This one is fascinating. Have you guys seen this video yet? Top election chief of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, caught on camera illegally tabulating 169,000 mail-in ballots without observers breaking the legal chain of custody. Now, that's just what this person's reporting. I don't know exactly what we're looking at here, but that's what this person says. I can't confirm that. But look at this video and tell me this isn't, like, suspect and kind of funny, actually. It's a little funny. Uh, I don't know who these camera people are, but they just come in with these huge cameras on their shoulders and uh, watch who we see working alone here in the ballot tabulating room. <laughs> she just stands there and she's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, I think she might have minimized. Did she minimize something on her computer? Look at this. It was all lit up here. Can you guys see this right now? Okay. See, the screen is all lit up. And then, boop. <laughs> she touches the keyboard or something. 
and it turns off. Now, that might just be, I guess, to give her the benefit of the doubt. And people always say, Tim, why do you, why do you make excuses for them? I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to brainstorm here. Uh, maybe she's trying to prevent it from being on the camera. And maybe people could zoom in and see somebody's personal information or something. I don't know. But this just looks extremely suspect. Yeah, Truth 101, I'm busted. <laughs> Very funny. Um, and just look how she stands there. She doesn't even turn. Like, there's just a big, like, <laughs> for whatever reason, like, four camera guys just came running into the room filming. And she's just standing there. She turned off the computer. She just stands there like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> so what is going on here was she busted is this just how the elections go I think this is a very eye-opening process for a lot of people uh, here's Bill Mistin, I don't know who that is, but we got a, we have a screenshot here. Uh, he says on Twitter, Milwaukee's election chief, Claire Woodall, Voog, is in the process of putting the results from the machines that are finished onto encrypted flash drives that will be delivered with police escort to the county election commission to be put into the reporting system. Should we maybe have some more oversight on this? I, I don't know what's going on here exactly, but... Um, isn't that strange? What do you guys make of that? All right, next story. We have so much to cover. Thanks, everyone, for joining. I think we have more than 100 people in here. 125. Wow. Got to do a good job for you all. So um, this is interesting, too. I think this is, might be the same person, actually. Uh, Milwaukee election head misplaced crucial voting flash drive. So um, also interesting is I think it coincides with... Uh, there was like a huge batch of ballots that were dropped off at like a weird hour, like four in the morning the next day. And there's like tweets about it. Um, now, I think they came out later and they said, no, we filmed that earlier and we just put the tweet out. I don't know. It's it's very strange. Let's let's go check this article out. Um, they have their site misconfigured. Let me try this on my other screen here. Okay, I'll accept the risk and continue. Here we go. Um, police on the scene were pressured to stay silent, according to WisconsinRightNow.com. Their article reads, A flash drive that contained crucial absentee voter information in the 2020 presidential election was briefly lost during the early morning hours of Wednesday, November 4th, as the world waited for Milwaukee to reveal its ballot counts. So they're sourcing um, law enforcement sources who told them exclusively, this is Wisconsin right now, shout out to them. Um, law enforcement told them that uh, Claire Woodall Vogue, who's the executive director of Milwaukee Election Commission, uh, realized she had lost the flash drive when she left with police escort. <laughs> so she, they were starting to drive her over to the other place, I guess, and she's like, oh shoot, I lost the flash drive. These results would prove to have, be heavily weighted towards Biden. Uh, and they, they were met with a brick wall of silence and stonewalling in, our attempt, in their attempt, I should say, to get more details about what happened around 3 a.m. 
here's an here's a tweet. Um, Claire hand delivers the city of Milwaukee absentee ballot count to the courthouse, escorted by police from the central count facility. Look at this, 3 a.m. So all these timestamps on these videos are showing up early, or actually, yeah, I, I guess early morning. Although it's later than early morning, kind of. Let's uh, let's watch. Here they come in. I guess she found the flash drive by now. And that does look like the same woman, same mask, right? So. Update. Three days after this story first ran, she wrote a letter to the Wisconsin Election Commission to explain her side of the story. In the letter, she says that she, uh, she couldn't find one of the flash drives when she showed up to the location. Uh she says the flash drive was sitting in a tabulator machine. Now, it's her statement. Again, I can't confirm that. I don't trust this lady, to be honest. I don't trust anybody, to be honest. Well, I do trust some people, but, you know, not, not government people. Um, a senior staff member removed the flash drive and turned it over to a Milwaukee police officer who then delivered it to her 10 minutes later. She alleges that the incident did not alter the results of the election so on and so forth. So that's what that's what we're up against. That's in Wisconsin. And um, we have to wonder. Now, I saw this meme I wanted to show you guys from uh, Twitter, I think. Just a joke. Election fraud starter pack. One compact flash card. One compact flash card reader. One security key. One security card reader. <laughs> so I don't know if that would actually work. But apparently, like, uh, people are speculating that maybe you can make copies of things and then alter them and then put them back into the machine so on and so forth that kind of thing this is uh what we're seeing a lot of these days i'm pretty sure this tweet was about uh somebody named coomer who is a dominion voting person who after the story broke and people were starting to research this company disappeared from all of their all of their pages as if they were trying to hide something from that uh, with that guy. It could be something else, but we're seeing people just get deleted tweets. And I was going to share you, uh, I was going to share with you this info, but I can't because it's not here anymore. But people are um, discussing this the story. Basically, they were covering up this guy, uh, scrubbing him from the records, and uh, maybe even scrubbing the people talking about it from Twitter. Next up. Um, Pennsylvania lawsuit in from the Democrats. This is a really interesting one. You might have heard of this. The Democrats filed a motion, or I think it was, I think it's called a motion to intervene or something. Basically, from my understanding, is uh, if there's an ongoing lawsuit, somebody else can come in and say, Judge, I, I think you need to hear my signed affidavit too, or my testimony. And uh, that's what I think the Democrats did in the PA lawsuit. But actually within it, they, they pointed out that they did break some rules is what I'm hearing. So let's check out this article from UncoverDC.com. In a stunning filing on... Sorry about the crackling. Okay, hopefully that goes away. In a stunning filing on... Tuesday, November 10th, in, uh, they were trying, I guess they tried to intervene in the Trump campaign's lawsuit and the secretary of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, 
Uh, here, let me put my phone on the other side of the room. Maybe that was causing it. Okay. Um, so apparently this, this sworn, well, I don't know. L let's just look at this here. So apparently this, allegedly this proves one of the allegations of illegality the Trump campaign brought forth in their initial complaint against the secretary and several boards of elections. So uh, remember, Trump campaign, as the article says here, um, says that they, they contravened the election law and uh, certain precincts reached out to mail-in and absentee ballot, mail-in and absentee voters to, quote unquote, cure their ballots, basically fix your ballot so that they're accepted. On page 35 of the complaint, I believe, um, yeah, this is the Trump, uh, the Trump lawsuit, I guess. Uh, they, they spell out the election law that was recently affirmed in this year in the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania as it pertains to mail-in ballots. So it says here, and this is just one of their many points, you can tell, number 78. <laughs> Importantly, this, the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court recently reaffirmed that ballots that voters have filled out incompletely or correctly shall be set aside and declared void. And election boards are not permitted to afford uh, these voters a notice and opportunity to cure procedure to remedy such defects. The Bukvar court further concluded that a mail-in ballot that is not enclosed in the statutory mailed secrecy envelope must be disqualified. So, let's see what the Democrats did. So, they, they had a motion to intervene in the case on November 10th, a few days ago. And people looked through this, and again, um, several affidavits from voters sworn under penalty of perjury are in here. And apparently, they uh, they kind of back up what the Trump campaign was saying, at least in one regard. I'm sure they tried to dispel other things, but in the process, they seemed to have stepped on their toes here. So witness Natalie says, I don't want to read her full name, uh, between Sunday and Monday, November 1st and 2nd, I received three calls from the uh, Democratic Party notifying me that my ballot had been rejected. That's interesting. From the Democratic Party reached out to her? I asked why, and they told me they didn't know. They instructed me to visit the voting center in Norristown to cure it. I never received a call from any election official to inform me that my ballot had been rejected. The first site I visited in Norristown was a drop-off-only site. They told me that I had to go to another site to see and cure my actual ballot. At the second site, I learned that my ballot had been marked as defective because I did not write my name and address in non-cursive print. I was not aware that I was supposed to hand-write my name and address in non-cursive print, next to where the information was pre-printed on the envelope. Because, this, uh, because that exact information was already there, I understood it would have been redundant to write it again. My ballot was signed, dated, and otherwise complied with all other ballot instructions. To cure my ballot, I showed the county employee my ID, added my information next to where it was pre-printed, and left. Between Sunday and Monday, November 1st and 2nd, I received three calls from the... Okay, we already read these uh, highlighted parts. Here's another person, Joseph, another witness. I learned that this ballot was rejected because election officials called me the day before election day to let me know that my ballot would not count. The ballot was rejected because I failed to include the secrecy envelope to seal my ballot. 
here's somebody, Merrill. I learned that this ballot was rejected because I received an email from election officials stating that my ballot was missing a second envelope. I tried calling the number provided in the email a few times, but didn't get through to anyone. So this is very interesting. Um, Tracy Tracy Beans wrote this article, and I also saw that she put out a, a very interesting video about this topic on uh, Periscope and on her on her Twitter. So go check out her work for more on that. Um, next up, Trump is bragging that he's making the vaccine free, which of course is ludicrous because the taxpayers are going to pay for it, and if the taxpayers don't pay for it then the country's going to take on debt to pay for it. So I don't, I don't like when people like Bernie and like Trump, these communists, tell us that things are free. Oh, we're just going to you know, spend $2 trillion. We're going to hand it over Operation Warp Speed to Pfizer. Here you go, $2 trillion, or no, excuse me, $2, $2 billion. And um, then we're going to buy a bunch of the vaccines if they turn out to, to quote-unquote work. And then we're going to pretend like we got it to you for free. There's no such thing as a free lunch, and it's just, you know, BS marketing. Be, be, like, anyone who doesn't understand how taxation and debt works and, you know, just lies to the people and says it's free is an enemy, domestic enemy, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, next up, Lou Dobbs, election fraud. Rudy Giuliani says he has uncovered enough unlawful ballots in Pennsylvania and Michigan to turn the election in favor of Trump. So uh, this is Lou Dobbs on and Fox News with guest Rudy Giuliani, uh, Trump's maybe top, I think he's his top lawyer on the team. He, he might be just one of the one of the main ones. I'm not sure exactly how that's organized, but let's let's play this a little bit faster than. Uh, on Dominion and how important do you believe the the concerns that are being expressed in a number of states about the ability of these machines not to be hacked? Well, first of all, the, the machines can be hacked. There's no question about that. Their machines can be hacked. But it's far worse than that. Dominion, Dominion is a company that's owned by another company called Smartmatic through an uh, intermediary company named Indra. Smartmatic is a company that was formed way back in about 2004, 2003, 2004. You're going to be astonished when I tell you how it was formed. It was formed really by three Venezuelans who were very close to, um, very close to the di dictator Chavez of uh, Venezuela. And it was formed in order to huh. fix elections. Uh, that's the... That's the company that owns Dominion. Dominion is a Canadian company, but all of its software is Smartmatic software. So the votes actually go to Barcelona, Spain. So we're using a foreign company that is owned by Venezuelans who are close to, we're close to, uh, to uh, Chavez, are now close to Maduro, uh, have a history. They were founded as a company to fix elections. They have a terrible record, and they are extremely hackable. So, uh, I mean, Texas mm -hmm. made the right decision. What the heck was Georgia doing? Uh, hiring this company, I'll tell you what they were doing. The uh, lobbyist for for Dominion was the former chief of staff for the governor. The I mean, former chief of staff. A foreign company with connections Dominion. to Venezuela. I'll give you another connection. Uh, Smartmatic, okay. a company that owns Dominion. Well, the, the guy who was running it was one of the uh, one of the people who was number two or three in uh, Soros's uh, uh, Change the World organization. Open Society, right? We got wow. we got a very funny wow. company here. Hey. We got a really strange company. They're very frightening. We've got, and yes, they we've, can be hacked. And yes, and, they can and, change votes. And now we have to find out whether they did. And with those uh, servers, whether they're in uh, Canada, whether they're in Barcelona or uh, Spain or Germany, we know a number of companies. All of them are private. Five of them, five of the top voting companies in this country 
at least if they're not in this country, they're uh, processing our votes in this country. Uh, they, they comprise 90% of all of the election uh, voting market in this country. It's, it's stunning. And they're private firms, and very little is known about their ownership uh, beyond th what you're saying about Dominion. Uh, it's very difficult to get a handle on just who owns what and how they're being operated. And by the way, the states, as you well know now, they have no ability to audit uh, meaningfully the votes that are cast because the servers are somewhere else and are considered proprietary, and they won't touch them. It won't permit them being yeah. touched. Uh, so it's really, so what, how do you proceed now? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working on the part of the case which is demonstrating how many illegal votes were cast, and I'm way beyond the margin right. that I need in Pennsylvania or Michigan to overturn the vote there. We're up to about 623,000 unlawful ballots in Pennsylvania and about 320 unlawful ballots in Michigan. And in Michigan, of course, we have a couple of extraordinary witnesses, one of whom was a Democrat who worked for 30 years for the city of Detroit, who will explain that she started getting trained in how to cheat in September of 2020. Uh, they'll also testify to 100,000 wow. ballots being shipped in about 4 in the morning after they had stopped counting, and they got into a panic because they thought they had made up the lead, and Trump was still ahead by 120,000 votes. So they brought these ballots in in cars that had out of, and trucks that had out-of-state license plates. They piled them on the tables, uh, and from the witnesses that were there, from whom we have after. So I want to cut in here. Interesting thoughts in the chat. I want to read these out in, co in uh, comment. Uh, new W. Bean says, what if Trump is pushing his own vaccines so Bill Gates can't push his in case Biden wins? Well, it seems like Trump just set up the groundwork if Biden wins for Biden to push out the Pfizer vaccine. And I don't know how you mean that that's Trump's vaccine. Um, I don't consider Pfizer's vaccines Trump's other than the fact that he gave a bunch of our money as as the United States uh, citizens, our money to Pfizer, $1.95 billion he's going to brag about. We're going to play that video in a second from the Rose Garden. I'm not a fan of this uh, vaccine push. I, I think there's some really nefarious stuff going on. Um, just like the mode of delivery is very strange, I think. Like, why does it have to be through a needle? Why was that from the very start? They're like, we're going to come up with a miracle cure so we can come up with any type of uh, drug in the world to, to, to solve this. But let's make it a, let's make it a, need a needle. You know, I want this to be injected from a, a needle into people's arms. It's like, why did they start with that? That that seems strange to me. All right, let's go back to Rudy. Davis, every single vote was for Biden, and the ballots looked totally fraudulent. Uh, only one person voted for, rest of the ballot empty. Nobody bothered to look or check whether or not the um, envelope was valid. They just threw it away immediately. There was no Republican observer, as the law of Michigan requires, and it's a misdemeanor not to do it. So I can't see these 100,000 votes standing, plus about 140,000 more that were counted deliberately out of the sight of any Republican who could check the validity of the ballot. And I think that number will go up. When we began in, in Pennsylvania, we only had like about 130. We're now at 632. This was a, this was a stolen election. Well, I know I know the, uh, the phony elites don't want to hear it, but this was a stolen election. The same pattern well, exists in Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, yeah. Wisconsin. And I think I think really I think that really the, the fact of the matter is this is this looks to me like it may be, and I say maybe, I'm not suggesting it is, sure. but following uh, the, the operation as when President Trump was a candidate to block his presidency, to follow yeah, yeah, this is a special counsel, first 11 months of investigation, then the special counsel investigation, which went nowhere except to uh, exonerate him, and then the phony impeachment uh, process. This looks. So I, I don't want to play this whole clip. You can go to Lou Dobbs on Fox or on his Twitter to watch that full video. Um, so you may have heard Ticketmaster, who I guess is one of the larger... Uh, ticket resellers is uh, kind of floating out this idea that they're going to require everybody to have a vaccine in order to purchase and go to concert, purchase tickets and go to concerts. And now they're saying, hey, that's such a great idea. The airline should do it. And of course, anyone who's been in alternative news for 
for this whole you know period, we've been we've been eyeing this for a long time. We knew that they were going to come up with different ways that they can collectively punish people and individually punish people, you know, and also the carrots and the sticks and all the different ways they can get um, society to do their bidding. And uh, one way is to force people to not be able to travel or to not be able to work or not be able to get into a, a car share or whatever um, if they don't follow the terms. So I'm very concerned about this, the corporatism, you you know, using the corporations to make people comply with other corporations or with the, the master plan, you know, the establishment's plan. And they can have these super powerful corporations uh, making people's lives hell if they don't go along with it. And we're even hearing people talk about uh, needing to have a covid pass or whatever they're going to call like the, the vaccine passport to get into a grocery store. So it's just beyond evil, beyond excessive, in my opinion. I have to put that caveat. So let's keep going here. This is crazy. Um, Dr. Jonathan Reiner shreds QAnon. Okay, I'm not going to read the BS uh, headline, but so his argument is my body, my choice. And she says, you don't have a choice to spew a virus in my face. So let's watch that video. You know, it's it's crazy. The more I watch, um, the more I watch mainstream media, the more I'm like, I see how fake it is, right? Like, I don't even think these actors are interviewing people. They just, I think they just have producers like telling them what to say in their ear. And and once you realize that, you you realize why there's some weird like pauses at times. Like after somebody, after the guest speaks, the host will wait like a few seconds, probably because they're waiting for their line to get in their ear and then they start speaking. It's just like once you, once you pull back the curtain and see the illusion for what it is or see past the illusion, I should say, see past the Maya, then it's, it's really, um, it's so phony. So, so like if you, if you took away all the processing here, it's just like people sitting in <laughs> corporate offices with like green screens behind them and stuff and teams of writers and producers who knows you know like that's a question i have the producer who's talking in these uh talking heads ears like what are their qualifications how do they get that job who are they connected with right because they're not very uh they're not the seeing people it's kind of like uh it with movies these major hollywood big budget movies that are oftentimes used to deliver uh propaganda and subliminals um we don't know who's designing or, or sketching out these storyboards. We don't know who's writing the the, the, the movies. Uh, certainly, we don't pay attention to them very much. People pay attention to the actors and actresses and special effects, but they don't think about why that movie came to manifest itself. All right, let's watch this clip here. This, this is going to be uh, something else. Let's watch. Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't know if you know her name, a doctor, but she has promoted QAnon conspiracy theory. She put out a tweet today. It reads, I proudly told my freshman class that masks are oppressive. In Georgia, we work out, shop, go to restaurants, go to work, and school without masks. My body, my choice. Hashtag free your face. Don't forget that part. Um, nope, they want us to wear a muzzle because, oh, that little piece of fabric is going to save us all, right? That's what they say. And we're going to get to... Uh, Lori Lightfoot's hypocrisy in a second here, where she's like out partying in the streets after Joe Biden uh, wins. She doesn't have a mask on, by the way. Um, and But she mentions, oh, everyone in the crowd has a mask on. It's like, do you really think, like, how can you believe what they believe? Like, they think this thing's like the worst virus ever. 
and it's just going to um, take out the whole world unless we accept communism. And uh, yet they think that like this little piece of fabric on their face, which the air is still flowing all around the, the corners all around through the fabric. It's like trying to catch mosquitoes with chain link fence, right? It's, it's ridiculous. And they, they claim that, oh, we're, we're the ones who listen to the scientists and you guys are so dumb and you're COVID idiots and you're, you're spewing viruses in our face. It's like, well, who's the idiot really? For your face. Um, she's not alone in that kind of sentiment. Not and at all. That is a big part of the problem here. Not so, a problem. So what do you do about it? You know, we really need to talk to people on really the grassroots level. You know, th there's always been a very fine line between, you know, a, a libertarian ethic and selfishness. But when, you know, when your breath leaves your mouth and it becomes air, to paraphrase a, a, a beautiful book, it is no longer your choice to spew virus into my face. And to hear this kind of nonsense. All right, we'll stop it right there. Nobody's spewing virus into your face. You can't go around and just assume people are committing crimes without proving it. And that's not even a crime to be out in public uh, while, while you're sick. I mean, unless you're doing it on purpose with bad intent or you realize that you might cause a lot of harm and you, you know you're testing positive. But to just assume that we all, all have all these different diseases that we might have, it's like – It'd be like him saying, you don't have the right to give me leprosy. It's like, no one, why do you, why do you say I have leprosy? I don't, um, I don't have leprosy. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. You don't, you can't spew virus in my face. Put that mask on and then we'll be fine. It's like, oh, okay, man. And, and these are the smart, these are the smart ones they tell us. Uh, here's We the Inevitable on Twitter. Uh, pointed out some statistics that look very strange. So it says Biden performed equally well in both heavy Republican and heavy Democrat precincts, while all other votes were correlated with percent party registrations. So let's see what we're looking at here. I wish it was better labeled. <laughs> uh, maybe there's a follow up tweet that tells us what's on the axes. I guess not. So. The dark red is straight Republican ticket, straight ticket party Republican. Uh, the lighter red is Trump only. Then down below, we have Biden only, the light blue, and then the straight ticket party Democrat in dark blue. And interestingly, Biden is a horizontal line here. So let's see again what they're what they're saying here. Um equally well in both heavy Republican and heavy Democrat precincts. So I guess performance is on the y-axis and how registered people are either Republican or Democrat for the precinct is on the x-axis. So here at the top, we see as it's more and more Republican, the votes for straight ticket Republican and Trump go up. That makes sense. And down here, as it gets more Democrat to the left, or you could think more Republican to the right, um, basically, let me rephrase this. As as it gets more and more Democrat, they perform better and better for the straight ticket Democrat. But Biden somehow is leveled out here. He does equally well everywhere, it seems, or more or less. And um, that seems very strange. 
And uh, this is Oakland County and Macomb County. So we're not looking at the whole country, but these are two anomalous counties here. Uh, here over in Macomb, you see a downward, or basically you see more and more straight ticket Democrat votes, the more Democrat registrations in the district as a percentage to Republicans. But somehow Biden is flat. So can anybody help me make sense of that? Let me know in the chat if anybody can debunk this claim here. Nothing to see here, right? All right, time to get to Lori. Chicago orders, well, actually, Lori Lightfoot orders a 30-day stay-at-home order starting on Monday. I think um, if I'm if my impression is correct, she's ordering people to not leave their houses, not have big groups in their houses, not to do anything unless it's, quote, essential. Unless the government deems it essential, um, then you're undesirables and you're not allowed in public. And, uh, you know, people people told me when I was younger, you might have heard this too, that they said, oh, someday they're going to tax the air that you breathe. And I said, well, you know, maybe you're right. That seems a little far-fetched. You know, how could they do that with a straight face? Here they are taxing the air that we breathe. You know, they take their uh, 20% or ever, however much the mask uh, prevents you from breathing, breathing freely. And they tell us, if you can breathe freely, your mask isn't working. So by, de- by definition, you have to be wearing a mask that obstructs your breathing, right? That, I think, is clear. So makes me so mad to see them basically having martial law in Chicago, right? Like, is that a, a proper way for me to translate this? They are having martial law in Chicago. You're forced under house arrest for for a month. For what crime? Nothing. You did nothing wrong other than elect, or maybe even not elect, if, if this Dominion and ESNS theory is correct, or hypothesis, um, elect this Beetlejuice-looking uh, tyrant here. So next up, uh, this is Chicago's mayor, you know, showing her her hypocrisy. Like, uh, it's hard to even imagine how, how hypocritical this is. Uh, she is now telling people to cancel Thanksgiving, cancel Thanksgiving and issuing new stay-at-home orders. Uh, resist this tyranny, or tyranny, says um, Young Americans for Liberty on Twitter. Check this out. This is Lori Lightfoot without a mask spewing her virus all over into people's faces. No, I'm just kidding. But that's what the other guy would say, right? Um Look at this mess. And I I actually don't have a problem with people out in public other than that all these people are hypocritically attacking me and my friends who want to live our lives unmolested and they want to slap a a muzzle on all of our faces so we can't breathe properly. Just totally, totally uh, over the line, offensive. Uh, I can't even come up with the right words right now. I need to buy a thesaurus. Evil. How about evil? Wicked. So let's play this clip. Mayor Lori Lightfoot joining Chicagoans in the streets. And I just want to say, for all those people who voted, Amen. you made this To all you people voting, you made this happen. Why do you have to say that, Lori? Isn't that, shouldn't that be the default? Or is there something going on that you don't want us to look at? All right, moving on. Um, and there is another clip I have, I don't know where it is exactly, of Lori Lightfoot, uh, being called out on CNN with just like this really with like a uh, kitty gloves or whatever the phrase is. Um, she's just like, Oh, can the, the news anchor was like, who just roasted this other person. I think it might be that same anchor who we watched over here uh, saying, how dare uh, Marjorie Taylor green say, uh, 
to, to free your face, my body, my choice. How dare you? Even though that's the same argument we make for killing fetuses. Um, how dare you say that it's your body, your choice? Wear your muzzle. And uh, But when it's, when it's this person doing it on camera in front of a big group of hypocrites, then it, it's allowed to slide, apparently. Um, I want to reread this, this tweet. I just think it's super interesting. Dominion Voting has a Twitter account. Dominion categorically denies any claims about any vote switching or alleged software issues with our voting systems. Please visit our Setting the Record Straight page for more information. So I'd love to know uh, about the vote switching, and I, I'd love to track it all the way through, because we saw vote switching. Like, they can't deny that the votes switched on the CNN stream, that they later deleted off of the internet, even though some people were able to find parts of it. Um, how do you explain that? CNN and Dominion and government and media. It's like, we need an answer. Tell us where in the line that happened. And if you're going to say it was um, a reporting error, then we need to know exactly where that happened. And I guess uh, it's possible that maybe it's a precinct by precinct report. And then uh, whoever was assembling the the aggregate data made some sort of a tabulation error or something. I, I don't know. Um, it seems easy for them to come up with an excuse. The question is, is that excuse the actual reason? And can they prove it with receipts? They ought to be able to. It should all be audited and logged. So uh, what's funny, though, is they're starting to uh, delete tweets, um, which I didn't even know you could do. This tweet was deleted by the tweet author. So apparently Twitter handed over to Dominion Voting the power to delete replies when people called out this public vendor. I guess they're not a public company. They're a Canadian company, but they're a vendor to the United States government in one of the most important aspects of the government, and that is election integrity. And uh, they're just wiping, uh, you know, just deleting stuff. No problem with uh, messing with the data and with the public record, it, it appears. That should be noted. So uh, that's interesting. Next up, oh, this is a pretty funny trend. It's like a new type of meme where people are making fun of the uh, the Twitter and Facebook and YouTube alerts and uh, warnings to people to not think critically or to not look at not look down uh, any certain rabbit holes. People are are you know basically. Let me show you how, how you guys can do this because it's it's pretty funny. Um, you just right click on something, click inspect element, and then you you come in to here and you just double click it and you say. Uh, And then you can just change it to say whatever you want. And it looks like a real tweet. And then if you find a tweet that has like a, um, a warning on it, you can also do the same thing to that. So that's what people are doing. Or maybe they'll just use Photoshop or something. But I think it's a super funny uh, trend. I love seeing these. So here's one that somebody made. Uh, <laughs> Paul Revere. The British are coming. The British are coming. And then there's an alert slapped on the bottom. Learn how British taxes are beneficial for society. <laughs> Classic. And and I think uh, a lot of the early American uh, ideals need to be brought back. The no taxation without representation, lower taxes, freedom, liberty. Where has that gone? That's the only thing I like about this country and, and the government. The Bill of Rights and individual sovereignty, or at least as much as we can we can have. The democracy democracy can never override the individual rights, or we have a huge problem. 
especially if the voting is rigged or if everybody's brainwashed by uh, mass media. Next up, I thought this was a very interesting graphic here. Um, this is apparently, I don't know if this is legit. It looks looks legit. Um, Dominion voting picture from, I guess, their graphics or something, um, or their manual, I should say. Override procedure to cast blank ballots. We talked about this earlier. What are blank ballots being casted for um, or cast for? Well, you just put a security key onto the I button reader on the ICP, press utilities, press enable override. <laughs> Warning, enabling override mode will allow the next ballot to be cast as is. If the ballot contains errors, some of the votes may not be counted. Are you sure you wish to continue? Yes. System is ready and it's in override mode. Now this is important to anybody who um, was working at the poll place or was scanning through their ballots to note if that was there or not. And I know a lot of people aren't going to aren't going to be paying attention to the, to the little text at the top. But it, it says here, do you really want to cast your ballot as is? Press cast button to cast your ballot. Press return button to return your ballot. So what's really interesting going back to, um, well, let's show you a couple things in regards to this. So there's the Trump lawsuit in, uh, in Maricopa County. I guess they've uh, they've taken that site down, but they had a site called Don't Press the, T the Green Button or Don't Touch the Green Button.com. I guess they're no longer taking um, people's uh, problems on that site. But it was interesting because of what the, what questions they were asking. Uh, kind of shows what 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 their hand was a little bit, what their strategy was in court, I should say, and um, it had to do with whether uh, people's ballots were being fed through the machine with that green cast button. And depending on how prevalent that was, I think that's a very interesting uh, lead there. And then also, I want to point out, we have this uh, <laughs> this joke here. Election fraud starter pack. Look over on the right. One security key and one security card reader. So I'm seeing what they meant now. So you have a, a security key that you you have, and then there's the official one, right? So if you're the, if you're the fraudster and you come to the election day, you have this security card reader that can take what was on the other security key and put it onto your security key. And I'm not sure how easily procurable these items are, but remember that was the first step over on, uh, this graphic here to, to put your security key in there to be able to do something. Very interesting. Here's something, um, that doesn't really surprise anyone who's been watching the Biden scandals over the years. And, and just knows who Biden is. I'm not saying Trump's much better on this regard, but um, I do I do not like Biden personally. So Josh Kaplan says, Wall Street Journal, Biden transition teams include at least 40 lobbyists. Lobbyists. And uh, we, we've heard that those are included like major corporations, uh, executives, and, and so on and so forth. And oh man, it scares me. It really does. Also, what scares me is if the election system is not legit, who's controlling these elections? Because those people are the ones who get to decide what the politicians do, right? They can uh, basically make deals with these politicians and say, okay, we'll get you in the office, but you work, for, you work for us, not the people. We control these elections. So if that's what's happening, that's a huge problem.
This is pretty funny. Um, another one of those memes. This one's a Facebook one. If Facebook existed on April 18th, 1775, the British are coming. Not all the British, just the army. So partly false. <laughs> partly false information. It's not, it's not all the British. It's not all the British, um, Paul. So this is interesting too. Speaking of Maricopa County, the epicenter of that uh, cast scandal where, remember, Trump campaign was uh, trying to get information about whether this technique was used to override people's ballots and cast ballots that might have an issue. Like it says here, warning, enabling override mode will allow the next ballot to be cast as is. And then you can just hit this green cast button. So uh, in Maricopa County, the GOP chair resigns after failing to certify Dominion voting machines, which is very interesting. And I think that they have to be certified, right? So does this throw the whole thing into limbo? I, I'm not sure. It says here, Maricopa County, and this is a uh, zero hedge, Maricopa County, Arizona GOP uh, chair, Ray Cherenke has been forced to resign after failing to sign the security the certificate of accuracy for voting machines made by Dominion, which have come under recent scrutiny. Here's Kyle Becker, who's been doing a great job on Twitter. Kyle A. Becker says, NBC raised the alarms on Dominion voting systems in early 2000. It is the voting system used in 30 states. I've heard 33 states. Even majority excuse me, every majority swing state and many of the biggest counties. Dominion was used in Michigan where Trump votes switched to Biden. Unbelievable. And here's a screenshot, I guess, from NBC News from. Let's go check this out. This was from January of this year, and now they're they're singing a wholly different tune. Back in January, they said online and vulnerable experts find nearly three dozen U.S. voting systems connected to Internet. Now, I don't follow NBC News a lot, but I'm guessing they're singing a different tune now. Um, let's just go check out the the presidential results page. They're saying Biden won. <laughs> what about those uh, problems you brought up in January? Uh, I guess those aren't really a big deal now that the Democrat primaries are over. So that's where we stand on that. Let's just keep going. We have a, we have so much to cover. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Uh, I want to take a quick moment just to uh, point out that the reason why you don't see very much good content on YouTube, if you're like me, is because they're trying to suffocate the smaller channels from being able to to do their work and be self uh, self sufficient and self sustainable. And the way they do this is by uh, kind of getting people to delete their own content. Like I had to delete a bunch of my content, which is on BitChute, uh, because uh, they gave me two strikes out of nowhere. And if I get two more strikes, I'm I'm dead. This channel goes. And maybe even the backup channel. So um, they got me to delete all my videos. And, the, you know, they've, they've demonetized this channel for months and months and months and months now. And... Uh, it really, I really rely on people, and it's not really self-sustainable at this point. Hopefully, at some at some point, it can be. But I, I just ask people to help me crowdfund these efforts, and uh, think about the the channels out there that uh, you used to like to watch that you don't see anymore, 
and maybe um, support those channels as well to make it so that they can spend more time on their research and video production. But uh, I just have to make a quick plug, patreon.com slash timtruth if you want to help me crowdfund these efforts. Every dollar goes a really long way, and you unlock a bunch of exclusives, or, or non, non-YouTube videos, I should say, uh, that you won't find anywhere else. Lots of interesting documentaries that I've made, more to come, and um, so on and so forth. So consider that if you like this work and you find some value out of these uh, these mega news streams here. Okay, moving on. This is my three monkeys on Twitter says more from eyewitness affidavits to fraud in Georgia. Biden figures going up by 20,000 votes while Trump's figures went down by 1,000. That's not just technically possible. That's just not technically possible. There's some type of fraud there, says Garland uh, Favorito, who is at Voter GA on Twitter. Let's watch this. And that's a great point. He said he witnessed in Georgia. I think he's that I think that's what he said. He's an elections director, according to this graphic on the screen. Um, he said he witnessed Trump's going down a thousand and Biden going up. What was it? 10,000, 20,000, whatever he just said. And, um, that's another thing to point out. A lot of people are looking at these times where we see what looks like an exact flip from Trump to, from Trump's votes going to Biden. But that we also need to consider that for every batch of votes, every update that we get, it's possible that some votes were stolen, but that was obfuscated by more votes coming on top. So every new batch of ballots, we really need to look at like what percentage goes to Trump and what percentage goes to Biden. Compare that to the averages. It's so hard to detect, though, even when you do that, because it's it's all going to average out, right? That's how averages work. So we really just need to look for red flags in the data and then go see if there's anything else in the live streams or in other data sets, et cetera, that can shine more light and help us find uh, smoking gun proofs of something going wrong. And I think we have enough of those, honestly, to demand explanations, to demand answers. Let's watch the rest of this. This is Garland Favorito. A full hand recount is that it will identify any kind of electronic fraud, even though it does not identify the uh, mail-in fraud. So I think the Secretary actually took a step in the right direction compared to existing law, which basically a recount's only going to rescan the barcode, which you can't tell what's in it anyway. So that's that. Um, and I appreciate everybody in the uh, chat talking about, uh, thinking about, or having joined the Patreon. Huge shout out to Green Tea. I really appreciate you um, signing up and uh, helping me. It's really a huge help, everybody who does that. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, somebody else said, going to join it ASAP. You all rock. All right, next up. Chris Pandolfo says, Inbox, Michigan GOP state senators are requesting a full audit of the 2020 general election. Now, this is somewhat to be expected because they're Republican state senators, right? So they, they uh, it's not like they're saying that the entire Michigan legislature um, is requesting it. 
But this is still interesting. So it says, as you are aware, the general election currently being conducted in the state of Michigan has generated a great deal of interest and concern among the people of Michigan with a record number of over 5.4 million Michiganders participating in the electoral process. Every citizen deserves to have faith in the integrity of the election process and its outcome. It is our responsibility as elected public servants to assure the people of Michigan of the process's integrity through complete transparency and the faithful investigation of any allegations of wrongdoing, fraud, or abuse. Unfortunately, a number of serious allegations have been made which cannot and should not be ignored. First, in Antrim County, a glitch, quote-unquote, caused thousands of Michigander ballots, or Michigan ballots, uh, that were meant for some candidates to be wrongly counted for their opposing candidates. While this issue was identified and corrected after observers flagged the unlikeliness of this outcome, it is unclear whether this issue replicated itself elsewhere. Antrim is just one of 47 counties in Michigan that use the software system, uh, Dominion Voting Systems, to process their ballots. This is particularly concerning when at least one other Secretary of State in Texas refused, or this one, the one that they know about in Texas, uh, refused to certify Dominion Voting Systems for use because the, because the examiner could not verify that the system was safe from fraudulent or unauthorized manipulation. This raises questions over whether there are fundamental flaws in the software itself. Also, we need to ask, I'm adding in here, uh, we need to add, it could also just be um, the software is the platform, and then there's a, an additional thing that's that's uh, tweaking the database, right? So the, the system is probably squeaky clean from Dominion voting systems and could be audited by the government. But if there's a backdoor that can be exploited and they leave that backdoor and they work with people to use that backdoor, that's a, that's a huge issue. And I'm not, I'm not discounting the possibility that uh, Dominion voting systems could have some dirty code, some uh, fraudulent code, but it's hard to say because we don't have the code to go over. And we don't even know if they were to release the code that that's the code they actually used on those machines. And they are adamantly denying the fact, or what some people say uh, they did in Georgia, which is uh, break the election machines uh, by pushing an update the night before the election. Uh, they, they've, they're pretty much vehemently denying everything. And uh, let me see if we can go back to that real quick before we finish this letter. If we can find the Dominion Voting Systems tweet here. Hmm. So much to cover. I thought this was going to be easier to find this tweet. <laughs> I'm also wondering if we got out of order here. Nope, here we are. We'll just go back to the letter. Second, there are allegations that election officials created or uh, that election officials critically mishandled numerous ballots. Sorry about that. Um, critically mishandled numerous ballots, including counted ineligible ballots, counted the same batches of ballots multiple times, instructed poll workers to backdate absentee ballots, counted late ballots after illicitly predated them, 
used false information to process ballots, such as using incorrect or false birthdays, and inserted new days in, or new names into the qualified voter file and recorded these new votes or new voters as having a birth date of January 1st, 1900. Accepted ballots de uh, deposited in Dropbox after the deadline. Duplicated ballots illegally. Counted ballots even though the voter's name did not appear in the official voter roll. Interesting. Um, here's like a little joke that uh, Matt Gates made about dead people voting. I thought this was a little funny. Let's uh, speed it up a little bit here. Here we go. And he is built for the battle. He understands that if we don't fix these problems now, Republicans may never win another election again. Now, we know that dead people don't always vote, but when they do, they most certainly prefer to vote by mail. And as we've bounced the number of voters in some of these swing states off of the national change of address database, we're also seeing tens of thousands of illegal votes cast where people in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona literally manifested their intent to move out of those states and then cast ballots in those states that were counted. And there's another piece of data. You know, I prefer the data over the anecdotes. In the state of Pennsylvania, there's something called the Dorothy effect in the data. In the year 2020, more people over the age of 90 registered registered to vote that in the four years previously combined. Now, either you have to believe that in the middle of a pandemic, there was this explosion of interest in people over the age of 90 and registering to vote, or this is evidence of ballot laundering, of mechanized fraud. And I think we could prove that fraud. The question is, will we, will we be able to do it quickly? And will we be able to show sufficient scale to demonstrate that there might be a different outcome than the media wants the American people to believe? I have to read this comment in the chat. This is pretty funny. Uh, somebody says, the next, time they, the next time a mask bully asks you, where's your mask? Tell them you left it on their mom's dresser. It's a little childish, but um, pretty funny. I think that's a good response. Or, or ask them, like, why are you out of your house if you're so afraid of people's breath? Right? Isn't it? You know how they call us selfish? Um, they call us selfish because we don't want to wear a mask and obstruct our breathing passageway. I think what's really selfish is if you're afraid of air and what might be in the air, to go out into public and to leave your house um, and to force everybody else to wear a mask to appease, appease you. That's selfish. To, to mandate that everybody wears a muzzle and obstruct their breathing passageway. That is selfish. <laughs> uh, because you're doing it for yourself. Remember the other person said, you, you don't have a right to show your face in public. Or he didn't say that, but pretty much. And then he said, you don't have, a, it's not your choice whether you spew virus in my face. That's their argument. They just like, oh, you don't have a right to infect everybody in the world. Jeez, <laughs> like, man, it's not even proven to help. Like, show me the proof that the masks help. And I can show you uh, evidence that makes me question that. So uh, here we have another uh, interesting whistleblower from election night. The quote is, and we'll watch this clip in a second. I witnessed when 61 cases of mystery ballots showed up at, in the dead of the night in a city elections van in Detroit at 3.30 a.m. election night. No chain of custody, seven and a half hours of ballots in limbo. Public will be shocked at the fraud. This guy's name is Shane Trejo. Let's let's listen in. It's, I'm one of the whistleblowers as well. I was a poll challenger uh, the night of the um you know, the, the, the night that the, the vote was, you know, allegedly stolen, I was a, a whistleblower down there in a TCF center in Detroit at the absentee uh, voter counting board. And I was actually, I actually witnessed uh, when the 61 cases of mystery ballots showed up at the dead of night uh, in a you know, city uh, elections van, uh, no chain of custody. Uh, they, the, the ballots had to be in by 8 p.m. They showed up at 3.30 a.m., so seven and a half hours 
Uh, those ballots were in limbo. We've had no answers. And it's just coming out in the affidavits right now. And I think once they're understood by the public, um, you know, they're, they're going to be they're going to be shocked at this fraud. And that's when I think that the wheels will really start turning and we'll have a really good chance of overturning uh, all this uh, evil things, all this evil stuff that's been perpetrated on our nation. It's very interesting from somebody who is there, allegedly. And I also want to point out I'm loving the chat. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, you all rock. And I want to point out that we are going to be taking calls on the backup channel tonight on the late night show. So on the backup channel, I'm going to be able to speak my mind a little bit more freely and um, other people can call in. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I'm going to put the backup channel link in the chat for you. I would love to see you over there. Okay, next up, here's another one of those jokes about um, the contextual warning labels. <laughs> uh, somebody says two plus two equals four. Learn more about how objectivity can cloud your bias. <laughs> That's so funny. There's some other ones, I think, in this thread, too. 2 plus 2 equals 4. This claim about arithmetic is disputed. <laughs> now, that was intentionally satire. This is supposedly legitimate. Look at this story. It says, think up at the top. This is an NBC News opinion piece. I'm just going to read the headline. COVID means Thanksgiving and Christmas will be a bummer. Don't make it worse by urging joy. Don't make it worse by urging joy. These people just want us all shallow breathing in a state of comatose, practically, where we can't even be happy or uh, love our, our loved ones and be happy with them. It makes me so sick. Here's a joke about that. Police, we know you bought a turkey that serves 10 to 12. Open up. And then they, they're knocking down the door. That's funny. We know you bought a turkey that serves 10 to 12. <laughs> when the NSA starts getting into COVID crackdown, right? So uh, this is pretty interesting. Scott Adams, a big, um, a popular commentary or commentator on Twitter, 618,000 followers, thought, of this idea, I thought it was an interesting one. I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to share with people. He says, "I'll bet a pardon would get this guy to explain the mechanism, the mechanism of voter fraud in Philly. Has it been offered? If not, why not?" So he he links to this New York Post article, I think from earlier in this year, where somebody got in trouble during the summer or spring, I guess May. Um, I don't. What, what would that be? Summer. I don't know. I've never never been good with seasons. Um, Ex-Philly election official pleads guilty to stuffing ballot box for Democrats. I thought elections were secure and there's no way to game them. Well, he pleaded guilty to it, so I guess maybe it's uh, possible. Or he had a bad, bad lawyer or something. Um, and that was earlier in the year before elections became impossible to uh, to infiltrate or influence in any way. A former Philadelphia, Philadelphia, right? That's a huge uh, mecca of potential fraud in Pennsylvania, a key swing state. Election official has pleaded guilty to taking thousands of dollars in bribes to stuff the ballot boxes for Democrats in local races between 2014 and 2016. Well, that must be a conspiracy theory. No, he, he pleaded guilty in court. 
to conspiracy? <laughs> huh. What, what about that? So uh, check this out. Donald Trump Jr. on Twitter linking to a Breitbart article. Joe Biden's transition aide helped steer $3 million to Hunter Biden's firm. Oh, you might have forgotten about Hunter Gate since the election passed, but I urge you to try to remember back to all of these shady deals that the Biden family made with foreign actors for political favors, it appears. And uh, Trump comments on the article, is anyone even a little bit shocked? Imagine how much worse it gets. So let's check out this article real quick. Uh, Breitbart.com. Joe Biden transition aide helped steer $3 million to Hunter Biden-linked firm. Now, I wonder if that somehow worked its way to some other person in the Biden family. Who knows? So it's a, a venture capital firm. Uh, Don Graves, a high-ranking executive at Key Bank, has been tasked, I, this was reported last week, uh, has been tasked to advise Biden on financial regulation issues. <laughs> like, it's almost impossible to make this stuff up. Financial regulation issues. During the transition process, Graves, who worked for the former vice president during the Obama administration, according to this article, has been a longtime fixer in the, family, in the Biden family orbit. In December 2013, Hunter Biden, along with his longtime business associate, Devin Archer, invested in a Hawaii-focused venture capital fund called M. Bloom. The investment, which was meant to provide seed capital for technology startups, as in it's a venture firm where they try to screw over companies most of the time. Uh, that, that's what I found in, with these venture capital firms. You know, it's, it's, oh, they're just providing seed funding to technology firms. How, how philanthropic, philanthropic, right? Uh, was the result of a public-private partnership between Biden's firm, Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, and the state of Hawaii. Public-private partnership, eh? I have a feeling we're going to have some more of that with uh, Biden, although Trump is not uh, not innocent on that front. Just look at Operation Warp Speed for a public-private partnership from hell, in my opinion. Just like... Uh, the same place that Hunter's laptop allegedly came from. <laughs> so this is pretty interesting. Van Morrison, who uh, I haven't listened to in a long time, but I, I liked him a lot when I was younger. Um, I, I probably still like his music, but he says, uh, did you know that live music is illegal in Northern Ireland? No other region of the UK has imposed such detrimental restrictions on our sector. Where is the evidence to justify such a severe approach? Interesting. So even some celebrities are coming out and saying that this is uh, unfounded, really, un unsubstantiated, these, these draconian lockdowns. And I agree. Now, my only thing is like, okay, uh, live music being illegal, that is important to you and your industry, definitely. But what about all the other things? What about all the other, um, all the other quote-unquote sectors here? All the other people's lives who have been... Uh, hindered with these COVID molestations. Uh, next up, Gateway Pundits reporting, Michigan witness GOP poll challengers were assaulted at TCF Center trying to protect the vote. What is happening here? Let's look. I haven't read this article yet. Um, 
as we've covered before, GOP challengers were prevented from seeing ballots. Remember in Detroit, uh, they kicked the people out except for the Democrats and um, just some very shady stuff going on. Let me let me show you that video I like to show because I think this one is the most telling clip that really shows just obviously what the problem is with Detroit. Here we go. At this time, I'm asking Mr. Daniel Sims to allow these 19 people in so that they can assist with the counting, just as the Democrats are in counting. Now, Mr. Sims has said that there are COVID rules that he cannot break, and therefore he's not allowing these people in. If that is the case, let's take 10 or 12 or 15 Democrats out and let 10 or 12 or 15 or 19 Republicans in. Oh, that's interesting. So he said um, they're using the COVID excuse. Well, where, where do we hear that? I thought I heard something about Detroit and the poll workers to use the COVID excuse to keep the Republican. Oh, that's Detroit leaks. Right. Detroit leaks on a uh, bit shoot. I, I think I have that right here. Um, if, it, if it'll load. Here we go. Let's let's show the clip in question here. Challengers and poll watchers. They have to wear a mask and they have to stay six feet. That's important because they can come behind your table. But if you don't have six feet, they can't come back there. Any questions? The six feet back ones have really good vision. They can actually. Exactly. Yes, they got really good vision. Or they brought their binoculars. <laughs> six feet. That's the rule, right? And you are entitled to your six feet. Is that common? I mean, can we expect that? Yep, there's a common. They come. I don't know if they're coming to every precinct. The poll watchers are coming. The poll watchers are coming. Quick, everybody. Blame COVID. But they're coming to many of them in the city. Yes. We have already gotten word. The state has already said they're coming. And the basic thing they're going to challenge is what? Absentee um, ballot. That is correct. And then uh, there's this other part in here where they talk about uh, how they can kick people out by using the cops to strong arm them out. Um, maybe it was a little earlier. Yeah, here we go. I should have just kept playing it. <laughs> that is correct. But if they're like challenging and they start yelling and kind of making a scene. 911. They got they got standards. They got conduct standards. Okay. They make a scene, give them about it. I'm gonna focus on interesting. Interesting. And they had some uh good sound effects there. Let me add my own. All right. I was sorry for the, the volume there. Um let us move on. Well, let's keep going through this article here because I'm curious what they said that poll challengers were assaulted. I mean, we saw that they kicked people out to rounds of applause. We saw that they covered up the, the windows so that people couldn't look in. Uh, we've saw, we saw all kinds of shady things, uh, but people were being assaulted. Let's read into this some more. A witness says, quote, the most crooked thing I've ever seen. And it was very crooked looking. Uh, witnesses say that all 
the rules or witness says that all the rules used to eject challengers weren't applied evenly. And they, they call out partisan hypocrisy. This is like an iconic photo right here. I think the person peering through the little crack left in the window with the breast cancer mask, trying to protect the election and being uh, barred from entry. And then here's the people in the room who were trying to be there to, uh, to do their job. And they were not allowed in. And they still st stood around filming it. You can see this person has a smile on her face. Like, I interpret this like, she's like, wow, this is proof positive that they're trying to steal the election and we can make a, a, a rock solid case. Uh, that's kind of how I interpret these people smiling. They're like, how blatantly obvious does it have to be before people see what's happening? So let's keep reading here. And it talks about the uh, 3 o'clock a.m. delivery of 50 to 60 boxes of ballots. Where a, a lead, where Trump's lead of 300,000 votes turned into a 120,000 vote deficit. And I'm not sure if that was entirely due to the boxes of ballots or if that was also the count at that point. But very concerning. Uh, so this, this woman, Anne says, uh, poll challengers were being purposely prevented from being able to review the ballots as they were not counted on, as they were being counted on Wednesday, the day after the election by poll workers and Democrat poll challengers quote, I was completely unable to see the ballots. Rudisil described physical assaults against the Republican poll challengers and herself when they attempted to document problems with the process at the TCF center. The rules, according to Rudisil were inconsistently enforced she was told we don't need republicans here according to her statement they looked at you like you were the lowest form of human being and they didn't care if they hurt you she said if we challenged anything we were thrown out she said within five minutes of challenging ballots she described she described being directed further back so that her view to uh Uh, basically, oh, directed further back. Okay, so I think there might be a little mess up in the grammar of that sentence, but basically if she challenged a ballot, she got told to get back. <laughs> How crazy is that? Uh, the challengers were refused and officials would not accept the challenges or let Republican poll, watch or poll challengers view the poll books, according to this article. Uh, and we've seen video of this. Poll, wor poll workers applauding when the room was told that Biden had... Well, okay, no, we hadn't heard that. Uh, I'll read this in a second. We had heard that they were applauding when uh, GOP lawyers or poll watchers were kicked out of the the room. And apparently they also applauded when the room was told that Biden had taken Michigan. Um, when, here's what I was talking about. When someone was thrown out of the room, she says, the room applauded. And you know what else is interesting? I think Gateway Pundit um, was, was teasing that they were about to release a huge story uh let me see if they've already done that they said 20 minutes and that was like right before i started up this stream we've been going for how long an hour and a half and uh, while i pull this up if you like this work please consider signing up to the the patreon army patreon.com slash tim truth if we can get this uh crowdfunded then i can just keep 
putting out tons and tons of uh, video content and I can write scripts to identify problems and uh, use all my random skills to seek truth and justice. That's what I'm all about. So thank you to everyone who's, who signed up. But let me see if um, if they've put out that. Oh, maybe this is it right here. Stunning testimony. Michigan election observer Shane Trejo witnessed drivers bringing in 50 boxes of absentee ballots after midnight deadline into Detroit TCF Center at 3.30. So we've already heard of this. I don't know if this is what they were talking about. Uh, let me show you the tweet. Okay, here we go. Shocking exclusive. We caught them, says Jim Hoft of the Gateway Pundit. Pennsylvania results show a statistically impossible pattern behind what they call Biden's steal. We caught them, he says. Um, and Twitter says, this is disputed. Um, and then there's this article we'll get to next, a bit more about Detroit. Lots to cover here today. And then we'll have a late night stream later if you guys want to call in on the backup channel. Let me link out the backup channel because I am trying to uh, make sure that if this channel goes down, we have something left unless they take down all of them at once. But uh, let me just put this in the chat one more time. A uh, Nightbot should also be the spam in the chat with um, the backup channel link and how to donate. So uh, let's go to this article on the Gateway Pundit. They're talking about uh, impossible pattern in Pennsylvania. Let's see what their impossible pattern is. Uh, and they say this is the first of many posts about how they'll reveal how the election was, in their words, stolen in the battleground states. So I kind of want to skip ahead and, and skip any language that'll get me banned off YouTube, but uh, I do recommend you go read this article if you're interested in the full story. Um, apparently, President Trump at one point was ahead by nearly 700,000 votes. And let's see what what they say happens here. And again, I I I'm not trust I'm not a trusting person. I'm a very skeptical person. I like to think I use critical thinking, and uh, and reason. So I'm not going to just believe it because it's printed on a website. But we're going to see what they claim, right, and make up our own minds. According to Pennsylvania's election return website, on election day, President Trump won nearly two thirds of the votes cast in the state. All right, let's just keep going here because. Here's, here's what, where they say it gets shocking. Pennsylvania began counting ballots by mail. There was no reporting on how many votes were outstanding at the end of the election night. There, were, there was no reporting ever that we are aware of where the state announced how many votes were left to count after the election. So the reason why that's important is because if they don't tell you what the ultimate denominator is going to be, they can keep bringing new things into the equation, right? And nobody nobody's any, any wiser. So it says, the state also allowed votes to come in for nearly three, for three more days after the election. And we also heard in Pennsylvania, um, the whistleblowers from Project Veritas. And I think I'm going to play another Project Veritas whistleblower who's going to talk about being um, told not to deliver Republican mail after the election or something like that. Or maybe Trump, Trump mail. We'll, we'll see exactly what he says. Uh, it says here, the Republicans were not allowed to observe the counting of these votes, and we talked about that, even though a court order was in place demanding the state do so. 
These actions go against the state's constitution where state or which state the voting process is to be determined by the legislature. The change in ruling was implemented by the executive and judicial branches. This is an important issue when the Trump campaign in the complaints against the state um, as they try to undo the injustices. Okay, let's just, I, I want to see what they talk about with the statistic impossibility here. So we're going to get some charts and graphs, but let's see, I don't want to miss anything here. Today, the state is reporting more than 2.5 million mail-in ballots, a number never before seen in the state. As the mail-in ballots were counted, the state began cutting into the president's massive 675,000 vote lead and eventually they gave the election to Biden. Biden won 2 million of the 2.5 million mail-in ballots. How unlikely is that? Let me let me know in the chat what you guys think about that statistic. Like, what is 2 out of 2.5? That's like 60% or something? Let's see. 80%. 80% of the mail-in ballots went to Biden. Now, I, I'm not shocked that there's a higher... Biden vote rate in the mail-in ballots than in person, given how the two parties feel about in-person versus mail-in ballots and how the two candidates feel on those issues, right? But to think that Biden won two or that he won 80% of the 2.5 million mail-in ballots seems almost impossible for me to believe. Thank you, Allison. Allison's smarter than me. She said 80%. You are correct. Um, how could the president receive only one-fifth of the mail-in ballots after crushing, actually, and that's not one-fifth, it's, it's, oh, it is one-fifth, excuse me, <laughs> my math is bad today, um, how could the president receive only one-fifth of the mail-in ballots after crushing Biden in the election on election day? They, th they say it's impossible, and here's why. Again, this is gatewaypundit.com, uh, who I, I think does a better job than CNN. Um, now, I think Gateway Pundit gets some things wrong, and runs with stories that are interesting sometimes that they don't have total proof on. But I actually appreciate that. I appreciate them passing along hot tips. Um, but CNN, I mean, talk about being incorrect all the time. And, and probably with bad intentions, in my opinion, from what, from what I can uh, sense. But an example of the Gateway Pundit saying some, some funny stuff that I always like to bring up is when they had that article that said... Um, Black Lives Matter summoning demon spirits to advocate their to to advance their cause or something. And they and they wrote this article like it's actually possible to summon demon spirits and they have evidence that they're doing it and they're using the knowledge from these demons to to come up with their strategies or something. It's like I I, I get that people believe in demons and I, I think depending on your definition, I, I can say, yeah, that's possible or maybe even probable. But to say that like you have proof that Black, Black Lives Matter is summoning demon knowledge seems far-fetched to me. But um, it gave me a laugh. I appreciate that they ran that story, honestly. I think it's funny. But um, okay, let's keep moving on. <laughs> Sidebar. Sidebar over. So when we looked at this data with the help of a top-level data expert who remains anonymous, we identified a pattern that is statistically impossible. The president won two-thirds of the, of the election day vote, but with the exception of Philadelphia, the president won around 80% of the vote in each county in the state. See the blue line in the chart below showing the percent of election day votes won by President Trump. So blue line is Trump. I, I don't know why they didn't make it red, but the blue line is Trump, okay? 
Uh, Philadelphia is so large, it offsets these numbers and brings the president's results down to around 65% of the state's votes on election day. So let's look at this chart real quick, then we'll read this other paragraph. So this is Trump's election day percent, and then Trump's mail-in percent, and then election day mail-in. Now, I'm wondering what we're looking at here, the time series, because my interpretation was they didn't start counting the mail-in ballots until they counted a lot of the election day ballots, but I could be wrong. Maybe they counted it all in tandem. Um, but what we're seeing, like this jumps out at me, but it, maybe that's just because they stopped counting here because all the numbers were lower. But um, what we see consistently is Trump getting a much higher percentage of the election day of the election day in-person voting than the mail-in voting. Right, so the election day percentage is around 70%, I would guess, maybe 72 or something. And then Trump mail-in is way down here at 30%. But then again, like like I said before, they're just going to say that COVID re required, or the Democrats were more prone to do mail-in. So I don't know exactly. It says here, what happened with the mail-in votes is what is statistically impossible. See the orange line below. In almost every county throughout the state, the president was awarded a percent of votes 40% less than the percent of president, excuse me, than the percent the president won on election day. See the green line, the gray line, excuse me, the great line below. If Trump won a county by 80% of the vote on election day, he won 40% of the mail-in vote for a county. If the president won 60% of the vote on election day, he won 20% of the mail-in vote in another county. This pattern occurred in almost every county, with the only notable exception of Philadelphia, where the president where the president only earned 30% of the vote on election day. So again, I haven't I haven't verified this. I'm just reading this breaking um, article. These numbers are so inconsistent. Or excuse me, <laughs> I'm like saying the exact opposite things, and I need to be more careful. Let's read. Uh, this is what the Gateway Pundit said. These numbers are so consistent that they are almost certainly fraudulent. That is statistically impossible. This never happens in data sets. I'm a little disappointed with this. Like we have a chart here that isn't even labeled properly. It just says chart title. Um, and we don't have the axis is labeled. But I guess like what, what is this axis down here? Are these days? Are these precincts? I guess those are maybe precincts. But why would you draw a line chart if it's precinct data? Um, I guess maybe so you can compare higher and lower, but there's no reason to draw a line between two precincts. That looks like, oh, something's increasing, it's increasing, oh, now it's decreasing. Not that there's different data at different precincts, but uh, let me see. If this is uh, Pennsylvania, let's see, Pennsylvania 51st District. Okay, so that's like down at the bottom of the state. So I'm not sure exactly what this is all about. Um, to be honest, I'm not not that impressed. It is very interesting numbers that they're bringing up, but I, I think they should have done some more charts and some more breakdowns of what they're claiming. Uh, it's I guess maybe it's just in the text here. Maybe I'm just a visual guy, and um, 
I skipped the text. So So they're saying that it's usually 40% less than the Okay, I think I may, I might see here. So it's the same exact shape but minus 40%, which is very strange. And I I've got to object to them using a line chart to where they probably should have had a column chart with multiple uh multiple data points for each uh, each entry here but that aside you see the same shape i guess maybe is why they use the line chart it's the exact same pattern for election day voting and mail-in voting but minus 40 percent so why would you have a 40 percent exact difference in every single precinct that's strange i mean one thing you could think of is I mean, because at this point, it's not even like a percentage thing. It's a differential thing, right? It's like, okay, we're going to take what how they did on election day, subtract 40%, and that's the target. I don't know. Um, so let me know in the chat if anybody understands what this is looking at. And uh, I'll put the link in the chat if anybody wants to do some more analysis. Oh, it's not going to let me. Um, it's too, oh, wait, okay, I can take off some of this URL. There we go. All right, next up. Um, another Gateway Pundit report, circuit judge in Wayne County, they call it Crooked Wayne County, this is where Detroit is, that's where uh, all of this nonsense with the COVID and the Detroit leaks and the covering up the windows and expelling the, the Republican poll challengers and lawyers happened. Um, the circuit judge ignores what they call horror stories, the evidence, from bullied GOP poll challengers and refuses to stop certification of election results. Now, this is huge. Um, how how do you ignore that all of those poll challengers were excluded from participating? And maybe this is why they were so brazen on the day of the election or, or when they were doing the counting, the, the night of the election and after, because they knew their judge would back them up, right? If you know the judge is on your side and you know the police are on your side, uh, then you can do this type of, of stuff. And, and we showed this video a second ago. Let me... Let me find that again if we can right here. See this guy? He doesn't even feel like he's he doesn't even feel like he has to make a statement. He just stands there quietly with his hand covering like he's all freaked out about COVID. He doesn't even say anything and he I mean it just makes me so mad. So they're going to continue ahead with the certification of election results apparently despite all of that crazy stuff. So um, people are hoping that this can get appealed to higher courts, maybe all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States. We'll have to see. Until then, let's keep going through the news. So uh, James O'Keefe put out this poll that I thought was pretty telling. James O'Keefe asks, do you trust USPS election integrity? 97% said no. And the remainder said yes. Um so that's that's very interesting. Here's Kyle Becker again about Dominion. October 11th, court order raised red flags about Georgia's purchase of Dominion machines. The judge said, quote, Stealth vote alteration risks posed by malware that can effectively be invisible to detection are high. The, the risks are high. 
once they are implanted. But Georgia used the machines anyway. Here's a, a, a um, I guess, a statement from the judge's ruling. I think a judge, right? Says, these risks are neither hypothetical nor remote under the, the current circumstances. The stealth vote alteration of operational interfaces or excuse me, operational interference risks posed by malware that can be effectively invisible to detection, whether intentionally seeded or not, are high once implemented. If election and software systems are not properly protected, implemented, and audited, and it goes on. So that's interesting. That's in Georgia where they used Dominion for the first time and it flipped blue for some reason. Um, I also want to point out, let's let's before we get on to that other tweet, I want to show you what uh James O'Keefe and Project Veritas have been up to in regards to the USPS. They put out this uh this new video, new whistleblower came forward. Let's watch this. You're Let me click on it so we can maybe speed it up if we need to. You're you're a letter carrier? Tell me what your boss told you on November 9th. We were told that the only political mail that will be delivered from now on will be um, that of the winner. Um, in this case, um, Joe Biden. The only political mail that we will deliver will be the winner, Joe Biden. From now on, they said. And what's great is in this video, you'll see it in a second. Uh, they they actually have a a journalist, and she goes up to different uh poll or not poll uh, mail delivery people. And asked them point blank if they got uh, if they had orders from their if she names their uh, supervisor uh, to not deliver certain mail in there. They sound uh, what's a good word? Uh, it sounds really shady the way they answer it. Let's watch a little more. Other political mail from other um, sources to the senators would be put into the uh, undeliverable bulk business mail bin or EBDM. Why did Walter Lee instruct postal workers to discard Trump and Republican mail as undeliverable? Um, I'm not sure if that came from higher up. Uh, of him. Did Walter Lee tell you to keep delivering Biden mail? All um, political mail um, for Biden was to be continued to be treated as first class and delivered the days received. What happens to the undeliverable bulk business mail? Um, I believe it goes back to the plant, but you, uh, undeliverable bulk business mail is it essentially it's a step away from the garbage. Do you think that the United States Postal Service should be playing politics? No, I think that we're a delivery service and that's not really our case. It seems to be that once um, they decided that um, there was a victor in the election, it was like, well, we're not, we're not delivering anything else. Would there have been anybody else that would have overheard this, possibly? That was Monday of this week. And how many people work in, and how many people are we talking about who overheard this? Well, uh, close to 30. If wow. required, would you be willing to, if it came to it, would you testify under oath that this information is true? Uh, yes, if, if I was required to go under oath, I would. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage to come forward like this in the way that you're doing it. What compelled you to do that? Basically, the only thing that's going to prevent, um, you know, fraudulent election, et cetera, is people having the courage to come forward. Are you instructed by Walter Lee to discard Trump and Republican mail? Get that fucking camera away from me right now. No, no, no I'm, comment. I'm the press. Were you given those instructions? And if you keep following me, you I'm going to call the police for harassing me. Yeah, we found it. Wow. Get that effing camera out of my face. It's like that doesn't sound suspicious. Um, if you if it didn't happen, you would think they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Um. Although I guess maybe somebody comes up asking you questions with the camera, you might not like it. Although, especially if you're hiding something um, and they're asking about it. So here's another uh, tweet from Kyle Becker on Twitter. Highly recommend following him if you're on that platform. 
Uh, judge orders segregated ballots should not be counted. It rules the Pennsylvania Secretary of State lacked statutory authority to override election law. Critically, the state has a Republican state legislature. This is Pennsylvania. So Supreme Court of the United States may ultimately decide the case now, Kyle mentions. And uh, that's very interesting. Signed, Mary uh, Leavitt. Uh, this is interesting, too. We, uh, Eric Coomer, which we showed a stream or a video earlier, or I, I was going to show you a tweet earlier on this video, uh, but it had been deleted. And it was about how this guy was being scrubbed from all of Dominion voting systems uh, information. And people thought that that was a big red flag. Um, and Jordan points out Twitter appears to be deliberately blocking searches for this guy. An executive at Dominion Voting Systems. Wow. A journalist was suspended by this platform yesterday for surfacing alleged Facebook posts showing Coomer was an Antifa supporter and that he appeared to be calling for violence against President Trump. Dominion has invested in damage control and is taking several steps to bolster its reputation. They have revamped their entire website in order to address rumors while actively scrubbing the internet of any mention of Coomer. Clearly, they have hired a PR firm to do this work. He says, this is all Jordan, um, Jordan's opinion here. Jordan uh, Shashtil on um, Twitter. Did I pronounce his name wrong earlier? Did I say Jordan Sather earlier? I, I meant Jordan Shashtil on Twitter. So here's somebody else who's been looking into this. Uh, Matt Brainerd puts out an update on Twitter. Uh, they've been doing a lot of data analysis and uh, analytics on all of the voter data and the voter rolls and stuff. He says, we've discovered the following number of early absentee voters who filed out-of-state national change of address move notices suggesting they may have cast illegal vote or illegal ballots due to no longer meeting residency requirements. So it's not a huge number, but it is in the thousands. And when you add them all up, um, like let's read these out real quick. Pennsylvania, 7,400. Georgia, around 8,000. Nevada, 5,100. Michigan, 1,700. Wisconsin, 6,200. Arizona, 5,000. Uh, part two here, uh, they say, we are working to confirm correct residency for these voters and sharing our data with the campaign's legal team in several states. Uh, we are confident we identified these early absentee double voters after analyzing just a few adjacent states. So I'm not sure what these other uh, stats are for here. Um, so... We'll be looking and seeing if they come up with anything else and how that plays. Now, this is very interesting. Uh, this is the woman, Michigan AG, who is um, intimidating journalists. Uh, the big league politics journalist who put out the explosive recording called Detroit Leaks of poll workers in a training setting, allegedly. I mean, we don't know for sure, but it sounds legit. Uh, in Detroit in October, the month before the election, uh, talking about how to use COVID as an excuse to, to keep the poll watchers at bay. And if any poll watchers are, you know, too, too, uh, or if they, if they draw objections that they can use the police to kick them out. And that ended up happening, both of those things in Detroit, as we've covered earlier. Um, but the Michigan AG here, Dana, came out and said, uh, if you don't take the video down, she sent a cease and desist saying cease and desist. And if you don't, if you don't take the video down on all the different social platforms, then 
we will pursue criminal prosecution is what the letter said. It was from her assistant, but probably directed from her. Right. So now she's saying the Michigan, now she's saying uh, race card or she's playing the race card, excuse me, saying that Trump's campaign, a lawsuit is basically uh, the theme is black people are corrupt. So you're the one making this race, a racist thing, Michigan AG. Uh, can you point to the spot in the campaign uh, lawsuit where it talks about black people being corrupt? I mean, that's such a crazy thing to, to accuse the other side of doing uh, just because I guess maybe there's a lot of uh, black uh, election volunteers. Um, like we covered this one earlier. I think uh, this man would probably self-identify as black. And, you know, I'm not pointing out that he's corrupt because of his skin color or his genetics. I'm pointing out that he's corrupt because he's not answering these legitimate concerns and he's standing there mute with his hand up. Um, it's just his body language is very, very suspect. And then, you know, we saw video footage of all of these people, many of which happen to be black, um, who were applauding when oversight was kicked out of the room. And um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to avoid criticizing somebody because uh, of their skin color. I hold everybody equally um, responsible for, for doing evil, wicked deeds. And uh, that's my stance. And uh, I think it's very interesting that the Michigan AG is coming out and trying to make this a racial issue, of course. Saying, oh, Trump's saying black people are corrupt. No, he's not. Like, I'm, no, I'm not a fan of Trump at all. Um, but I prefer him to Biden, honestly. And... You know, they're just trying to make this like, oh, Trump's racist because people love talking about Trump being racist, right? So next up, uh, this is interesting. Rogue General Mark Milley threatens president, quote, we do not take an oath to king or queen, a tyrant or dictator. Now, that is true, but they need they don't take an oath to CNN and MSNBC either or to uh, corrupt um jurisdictions like Detroit seems to be where people's votes aren't really secure because they may be being diluted and who knows what's happening in those uh, rooms when there's no oversight from one of the two parties, one of the two major parties, I should say. So um, I think the reason I wanted to bring this up is I think it's going to be a very interesting period ahead as we approach January 20th and we're probably still going to have two people declaring victory. What side are people going to take? What side is the military going to take? Do they uh, Are they going to listen to Trump giving the orders? Or are they going to listen to Biden giving the orders? Are they going to kick Trump out for trespassing in the White House? Or are they going to stand around and defend him in the White House? Those are the questions, right? And so it's interesting to see a general come out and say, say um, basically that Trump is kind of acting like a king or a tyrant or a dictator. Um, so that's interesting. Oh, but speaking of interesting, this one takes the cake. This is, uh, Anthony Fauci, um, just basically pissing all over America freedom, America's freedoms. Here we go. So are there countries that you, you know, there are countries that seem to be doing well that then weren't doing so. Are there countries now that hold up as models for, you know, pretty good response to this? You know, the answer is yes, but right now it seems that every country is suffering. Yeah. We are often compared with countries that are not comparable to us. 
We are not a little island of five million people that we can shut off. We're not a country that would accept if a ruler tells us, you must do this. I was talking with our UK colleagues just today who were saying the UK is very similar to where we are now in outbreak because each of our countries have that independent spirit, but we don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. One more time. I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. Time to do what you're told. To do what you're told. Uh, no, that's not what my clock says. My watch doesn't say that. My watch says it's time to be free and to fight for truth and justice and liberty. So uh, I think your clock might be a little bit uh, set back. Might be, you might need to move your, your clock forward a little bit, uh, Fauci. It seems like you're still in the 1770s, early 1770s. So um, go, uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna curse, but I, I, I hate this. I hate this man. That's my opinion. Okay, next up, uh, Pennsylvania court, Secretary of State lacked the authority to change deadline two days before election day. We covered that previously. Um, here's a really interesting one. Donald Trump just put this out earlier tonight. You might have already seen it. Maybe not. Uh, he says 700,000 ballots were not allowed to be viewed in Pennsylvania, actually in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Pittsburgh, which means based on our great constitution, we win the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm not sure what that, about that conclusion, Trump. Um, I, do, I do really sympathize with the Trump voters who are pissed off beyond belief um, that so many ballots were not supervised properly and that people were expelled, which just screams cover-up. It screams like we're doing something illegal and we don't want you to see it. We're going to cover up the windows. We're going to kick out anybody who complains. And we've heard so many uh, people come forward as whistleblowers. And it's just uh, time after time after time. Uh, let me see if this guy was... Yeah, this guy is in Philadelphia. A Democratic... Um, My name is... A Democrat poll watcher in Pennsylvania... And this is what he says. This is on my backup channel, by the way. I'll put the link in the chat. Um, and by the way, we will have a, a late night stream on the backup channel tonight. And we'll be taking call-ins. We'll be having open lines. So make sure to go uh, add me over there. And uh, let's watch this guy. Very interesting statement from a Democrat in Pennsylvania. Check this out. My name is Brian McCaffrey. I'm a regist registered Democrat in the city of Philadelphia. Today, I'm at the Philadelphia Convention Center. And I am overseeing the ballot counters. I will let you know the corruption that is going on here. They will not allow us within 30 to 100 feet to supervise the ballots being counted. This is a coup against the President of the United States of America. And I want to call out the Mayor of Philadelphia, James Kenney, the Attorney General, Josh Shapiro, who tweeted that there's no way Donald Trump can win President of the United States of America, and also District Attorney of Philadelphia, Larry Krasner. I can't believe what I'm seeing right before my eyes. This has nothing to do with Joe Biden or Donald Trump. This has to do with our democracy, and I will tell you, there is corruption at the highest level in the city of Philadelphia. Wow, 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 wow. Very interesting. So um, I see why Trump's upset. Now, I don't know if he can declare victory. Like, what does this mean at this point? If we had uh, votes come in 
that were not properly supervised. Maybe additional votes were injected. Maybe votes were thrown out. Basically, it voids the entire election. Now, does that mean that the other side wins? I don't think so. I don't think, um, personally, I don't even think Joe Biden should be punished if, if somebody committed a crime in his name, right? Unless he was involved, um, and proven to be involved. Otherwise, I, I really just think we need to do another election, right? I think at this point, we can't even just do another recount because the faulty ballots could have already been injected and, uh, it depends on what kind of recount they do and how they how they account for those types of things. But interesting that he says he won the state of Pennsylvania. What do you guys think in the chat? Do you think my um, my assessment is correct that he can't come out and I mean, he can say whatever he wants, but I don't think you can make a legitimate claim to win a state because the other side committed fraud and said they won. Um, it's I, I agree that he probably got the most votes there from everything I've seen, but I think instead we should be asking for another election um, and to to void the previous. But um, interesting what he's doing. Uh, interesting the the what he uses there. So this came out yesterday, another Gateway Pundit article from Joe Hoft. Breaking, outsiders with USBs and V-cards were allowed in Pennsylvania counting areas with no observers present. Okay, so here's more about the Pennsylvania uh, election. An IT specialist reached out to Gateway Pundit and provided more evidence regarding the weak and non-existent systems controls in place in the Dominion voting machines and applications. These machines should never have been used in a presidential election. One IT system expert told the Gateway Pundit that uh, he would have never approved the Dominion system for use. It's that bad. Another IT expert provided a review of Dominion based on a vendor user guide he obtained. And they're talking about, I guess, Codemonkey Z here. We've talked about some of their uh, their stuff here. He says on Twitter, after reviewing the manual for Dominion voting systems, it seems like the local IT guy who services the machine is, theoret- is theoretically the ultimate political gatekeeper. He has the power to decide elections. This evening, another IT expert noted that one of the complaints of the Trump lawsuit in Pennsylvania is the following. This is Delaware County. In Delaware County, an observer in the county, in the county office where mail-in ballots were counted witnessed a delivery on November 5th, 2020, of V-cards or USB drives in a plastic bag with no seal and no accompanying, accompanying paper ballots. The V-cards or USB drives were taken to the back counting room where observers' access was limited. There was no opportunity to, no opportunity to observe what happened to the V-cards or USB drives in the back counting room. Now, imagine that there was a nefarious conspiracy going on here, which very well could, could be, right? Dominion Voting Systems creates the platform with all the databases and the applications, right? And they know very well how that platform works. Think about um, viruses. Viruses... When somebody writes a virus for a system, they first have to find something. They have to find a, a, a flaw to exploit is what it's called. Now, if you wrote the original platform, it's going to be much easier to exploit the platform. So that's what I'm eyeing here. I'm like, could they have brought in USB drives with uh, software to uh, do the little fraction magic or the, the switcheroo or whatever tactic uh, could have been used? Uh, at the very least, this is extremely concerning that they were not supervised with these, I don't know what a V card is. That's let me check with it. 
V card. Um, electronic business card, I guess. Virtual business card. I, I've never heard of that before, but. So the IT expert that uh, has come to Gateway Pundit located an audit of the Dominion system in California, which is out on the Internet. And uh, here, I guess, is the high-level diagram, which shows machines. Let me go to just view this as an image so we can get it all on the screen. So you have over here uh, ballot boxes. Ballots taken out of the ballot boxes, scanned through ImageCast Central. Then you have ballot images, which go through validation, I guess, and either are rejected or approved. And then they feed into Democracy Suite, results tallying and reporting. They also feed into the document management server, all those images and data. And um, let's see what else. Election data import. That's like, I guess, where they're setting up the election. I don't know what EMS Audio Studio would do. That seems kind of weird. Um, maybe for visually uh, impaired. So audio ballots? What's an audio ballot? <laughs> so strange. Um. And then what's over here? So we have ballots being fed into... No, what's coming on over here? I don't even know. I guess they're... When they set up the election, they configure the election, they feed it into all these different machines, right? And... Uh, early voters, provisional voters, etc. come through these machines, which create the ballot images, which feed in with the other images over here from ImageCast Central, and then these over here are ImageCast Precinct, ImageCast Evolution, ImageCast BMD, ImageCast X System, and then it all feeds into real-time election results web streaming. So it's obviously connected to the internet, right? There's no way for this to work if it's not connected to the internet. Uh, there's no step in here where it's like, load up the results on a USB drive and run it over to... At least I don't see that. I may Maybe, maybe... They're not supposed to be connected to the internet, I hear. But people think they were. So it says here, uh, the diagram shows that there are laptops or workstations on site that some of the workers can access after the ballot images are scanned in. Our expert, this is Gateway Pundit's article again, uh, says that they kept thinking about the USB drives in the lawsuit and immediately noticed that this is where election data as in forged or faked images, could be inserted. Now that's interesting. So if you had a, a preloaded drive, you could just go plug it in, I guess, and import. So it says here in the audit report, the auditor states, the Secretary of State ran the functional test as if it were a jurisdiction that just purchased the voting system. Testing of the system began by setting up all equipment in a configuration that mirrored a production voting system. The DS 5.10 architecture allows election officials to use one or more permanent servers and set of central office voting devices known to be running unaltered certified software and firmware to create memory cards before each election and to use another physically separate 
sacrificial server instead of voting devices after the election to tabulate results and generate reports. To, transmit, to, transfer election spe, uh, to transfer election specific data, they utilize SD cards um, or CF cards or USB sticks. Wow, USB sticks could be used to transfer election data. So is that what they brought on on this uh, on those drives? Remember the other story we were covering earlier from I believe Wisconsin, where the woman lost the USB drive, then found it, and then we also saw that they were like transporting it police escort and they said like 169,000 votes if I'm remembering correctly were on that USB drive whatever that means and wherever they came from uh, it says here the election spe uh, the election specific data transferred on these cards are encrypted um, an I button is required to unencrypt the SD and CF cards and a smart card is needed to unencrypt the USB sticks the key used for these devices can be unified or not. A unified key is one that the that is election specific. A key specific to the I button polling place specific can be used also. This would prevent a malicious actor from accessing the entire system with just one key. Now, keep in mind um, that meme we started with earlier. <laughs> election fraud starter pack. Apparently, you can just buy card readers and... Um, make copies of said security key or CF cards. Now I see why they talked about the CF cards. Okay, we just mentioned that in the other article. It's all coming together now. We're doing this live. So um, let's see if there's anything else on here. In the same audit, it reported one potential vulnerability was discovered. The potential vulnerability has a more widespread potential. Polling places procedural controls are one method of mitigating an issue. With poll workers actively verifying that the USB ports are covered and the covers sealed to prevent access. Now, we have heard that there were some stations where they were not using security seals. And we'll see. Maybe this article will, will remind us about that. Uh, the report mentions the key control weaknesses in these machines. Vote-stealing software could easily be constructed that looks for undervotes on the ballot and marks those unvoted spaces for the candidate of the hacker's choice. If fraudulent software were installed, it could change all the votes of any voter who selected this option because the voting machine software would know in advance of printing that the voter had waived the opportunity to inspect the printed ballot. Very interesting report there. And I, that's what I really love is there's a ton of people out there, security experts, um, data experts, programmers, um, other, other experts that I'm probably forgetting right now who are pouring over all of the data. And um, I appreciate what the Gateway Pundit is doing and, and uh, taking tips from people and sharing it. You know, even if it's not proven that it happened, we need to consider the all the different possibilities and, and turn over all those rocks. So next up, this. This is a crazy piece of footage here. People walking through a disinfecting area to get into a football match. Check this out. Just getting blasted in the face with disinfectant. Remember when Trump said something about disinfectant for COVID and they, they said, oh, he's making them drink bleach or something. And I'm, of course, against that. Um, unless there's some sort of a medical disinfectant that could be used on somebody's lungs. I, I don't know. But what is this? People just getting sprayed in the face 
with uh I mean give me a break it's literally di directed right at their face yeah and look at somebody says look at the ground I think I know what you mean um oh the checkerboard uh, floor see I didn't see that you're right but I was I just was looking at the footprints here where it says Stand right here. Put your face into this thing that's going to blow disinfectant at you. I wonder if they tell you to take a deep breath or something. This is so messed up. Is this coming to a, a place near near us soon? Hope not. So here's Code Monkey Z bringing up this interesting point. We covered this a little bit earlier, but just to remind you. Maricopa County GOP chairman never certified uh, Dominion software to be used in Maricopa County. He has since, he has since uh, stepped down. It, and then and then Ron asks, if the Dominion software in Maricopa County wasn't properly certified, why was it used? Is it even legal to use a voting system that hasn't been properly certified? This person lists out a couple of things to think about that point towards a weak system election. Unaudited scanners, tabulation problems, unaudited central counting, ballots with impersonation, envelope signatures not checked, problems with blank ballots. Twice ballot counting, dead voters, secrecy count, more ballots than voters. Now, a lot of people are getting fed up with the massive censorship on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and so on and, and are looking for alternatives. One alternative is Parler. It's an app and a website. Uh, I think Dan Bongino is the owner and the man behind that. Um, I'm not too familiar with his work or anything, but uh, I have heard his name and I'm not sure. This could be controlled opposition. And every time CNN tells you not to do something, there's always the possibility that they really do want you to do it. Although maybe they are, and what I'm talking about there is reverse psychology, right? And maybe, like we've seen before, they're ushering in new platforms to, to get people onto and then to control those as well. So I have to consider that as a possibility here. We've seen it too many times. But... I do like that people are coming up with alternatives. If it's a true, fair, free alternative, then shout out to Parler. I'm actually on there. Uh, Tim Truth is my username if anybody wants to connect with me. Um, but CNN is coming out calling it a threat to democracy to have platforms where people can speak their mind. Let's check out uh, what Brian Skelter is telling the people about free speech and how it's a threat to democracy. There's this new social media app called Parler getting a lot of attention because conservatives are saying they're leaving Twitter. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, what this... I have it played at 1.35 speed here. Maybe somebody uh, jacked with the the EQ or something, but he sounds like he's got a very high voice. I don't know if he sounds like that normally. Uh, let me equalize this a little bit to make it sound more listenable. Facebook going off to Parler because they believe Parler's a safer space for them. What we're seeing is even more of a bunker mentality in right-wing media, and ultimately that's not good for the country. No, it's, it's not good. It's a threat to democracy um, that these people are in echo chambers and they're getting fed a diet of lies, essentially. So it's not, it's a threat to democracy because they're in an echo chamber. It's like everybody obviously needs to go in the Twitter echo chamber because the Twitter, Twitter echo chamber is great for the world. And that's great for democracy. But this echo chamber, which, again, I don't know how you can prove it's an echo chamber other than the people who are more inclined to use it because they hate the censorship they're seeing on the major platforms are going over there. Whereas the people who are being over served by these platforms 
or by the other platforms, the the old guard, um, are in this other echo chamber. So it's like, yeah, everyone's in echo chambers. And yeah, that is a threat to um, us all figuring things out and getting on the same page. But that's also kind of what you would expect, right? Why would people hang out with people they hate that hate them and say the exact opposite of what they believe? It's like that that expression, birds of a feather flock together. I think that can be applied to um, to thought, right? Like, why would you spend more time with people that you disagree with than you agree with? Like, find me a person on Twitter who follows more people that they hate than people that they love, right? It's like, why would you do that? Uh, maybe, I'm sure there's some people, but probably just to troll them, right? Not to, to take their thoughts in and, and change their mind. So just just crazy. Um, it is the, the voice is pretty funny. Uh, did Mark Dice make his voice sound like that? Probably. Um, it's pretty funny. I did my best to try to equalize it, and it still, <laughs> it still sounded like that. Um, okay, Donald Trump says, heartwarming to see all the tremendous support out there. So, okay, this is about the rally. There's a rally tomorrow. I might live stream it. Um, it'll probably get me banned off YouTube. I'll do it on the backup channel, if anything. Um, just because I, I think it'll be interesting to crowd watch. And it'll be funny also to see them talk about it being a super spreader event. Um, <laughs> when they didn't say that about the Biden parties. Uh, here's the, the channel. Uh, here's my other YouTube channel. Please make sure you add that. So that uh, if this one gets taken down or if I, if I need to do more edgy streams... Because uh, I am sitting on, I'm just two strikes away from losing everything on this channel. So years and years of hard work, like every day, could be going out the window. So make sure to check out that other other spot. Uh, hopefully they won't take that down at the same time. So he says, heartwarming to see all the support. There's a big rally coming up on Saturday in D.C. He says, I'm, I may even try to stop by and say hello. He says, this election was rigged from Dominion all the way up and down. Wow. So um, this is interesting that he's really, it seems like he's trying to get people out at that rally on DC by even saying he might go stop by and say hello. So um, I'm sure that'll get more people out there. It'll be interesting to see if that's well, um, if that's well attended and if there's any counter protest or anything. I can't wait to see that. I, I just love people watching, especially big groups. Just trying to see, okay, what, what are people thinking? What are people feeling? Uh, what's the energy level? Um, are people going to be there counter-protesting? Or Yeah, just lots to see. So uh, here's another interesting um, article or tweet, you know, Twitter thread. Uh, Thunder B on Twitter says, does Eric Coomer's firing and this guy's firing have any link? So apparently um, Eric Coomer was removed from the Dominion Voting System's employees. Dr. Eric Coomer and Dominion are scrubbing the internet, allegedly, according to Joe here. Uh, the problem is they already backed it up onto a, a, a backup file. And uh, they're, th they're saying they're going to leak out information about that. I'm guessing maybe this guy has already been deleted. Let's see. Um, Joe Oltzman. Account suspended. Look at this. Account suspended. Twitter suspends accounts which violate the Twitter rules. So I won't talk about Eric too much because apparently that's a no-no. Um, and then apparently somebody else was fired at the cybersecurity for the Department of Homeland Security's CISA agency, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. 
uh, Brian Ware has been fired. Looks like Trump wants to leave our infrastructure wide open for attack, says this person. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the case. I'm not sure who these people are even. I'm just reporting on the chatter on the internet. Next up, we have the Quo monster, Andrew Cuomo, uh, firing back at Trump, who he calls a bully, uh, saying he's threatening to hold back a vaccine. He says, it's not the drug companies people don't like, it's Trump. Well, not everybody. I mean, maybe the people this guy talks to and his brother over at CNN. Uh, but let's see what the Quo monster says about this after we watch an ad. <laughs> so um, while we watch the ad, let me do my own little plug. Uh, thank you to everybody for, for tuning in to this episode. Um, I really appreciate everybody um, whenever you get a chance to stop by. And uh, if you want to support the channel, timtruth.com. Actually, no, <laughs> uh, it's not timtruth.com. It's uh, patreon.com slash timtruth is where we are um, organized for off YouTube um, documentaries to be put out. And it's just a dollar cover charge. And it helps me crowdfund to make this sustainable. So there's my ad. <laughs> let's, uh, let's watch uh, this clip from Andrew Cuomo. Joining us now is New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Governor, thanks for joining us. Um, what is your response to the president? Yeah, Katie, it's uh, none of what he said is true. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, we're all excited about the possibilities about a vaccine. Uh, it's not that people don't trust the vaccine companies, the pharmaceutical. Who is he talking about? Who trusts pharmaceutical companies? I want to meet the I want to meet the man that trusts the pharmaceutical companies. He says, "Oh, it's not that people don't trust a big pharma and the medical mafia. No, people love them. It's Trump. It's like it's also uh, planting ideas in people's minds, planting arguments where they're going to say that to other people. They're going to be like, "Well, you know, I'm a little hesitant to try the vaccine. I love I love Big Brother. I love big um, big medicine, but you know, Trump. I'm not a fan of Trump. So." I'm going to have to look towards the health authorities and uh, do whatever they tell me to do. Surprise, surprise. Uh, we're all excited about the possibilities about a vaccine. Uh, it's not that people don't trust the vaccine companies, the pharmaceutical companies. Pfizer is a great New York company. Regeneron is a great New York company. Uh, but an overwhelming percentage of Americans are worried about political interference in the vaccination process, in the approval process, by the president. By everybody. <laughs> we're, we're, we're worried about all sorts of nefarious bad deeds over here on this channel. So uh, I just wanted to play that clip. I, I don't really want to watch 11 minutes of Drew. So uh, we talked about this earlier. Trump's crazy claims that he's going to make COVID-19 free. Um, now I understand that it'll be free to the end user, no charge, but not really because those people pay taxes and then those taxes are getting squandered on buying a bunch of medicine for people. Right. So, or it's squandered in my opinion. Let me, let me add, uh, okay. Here's interesting. Um, this is what the tweet I was looking for. Dominion voting has this page called election 2020 setting the record straight. I wanted to show this, uh, which is pretty much identical to um, 
Sissa's article. They probably got the idea from Sissa. Let me see if I can find that. Um, election rumor control. I think that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. It's practically the same format as this. Sissa, hashtag protect 2020. So I guess it's hashtag protect 2020 versus hashtag stop the steal. It says on the government website here, uh, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, mis- and disinformation can undermine public confidence in the electoral process, as well as our democracy. Well, also fraud and cheating can erode the confidence as well. Um, actually, as soon as we see that there's a bad intent, th that they can't just claim ignorance, then all trust is going to go out the door, and they know that. So that's the key. If anyone can prove that their their intent was to cheat, then they can't just claim ignorance and, and oh, just pass the buck, plausible deniability. But here's how they do it. They say, oh, reality is this, and the rumor is this, and the reality is this, and the rumor is this. And one thing I wanted to read out is uh, they say, variations in vote totals for different contests on the same ballot occur in every election and do not by themselves indicate fraud or issues with voting technology. Uh Okay, so they're saying that just because there's more votes, just because there's some counties with over 100% registered voter turnout, doesn't mean there's anything going on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Um, I also want, they had something about unofficial results. Yeah, election results reporting may occur more slowly than prior years. This does not indicate there's a problem. Um, if results as reported on election night change over the ensuing day, after, excuse me, over the ensuing days, or weeks, the process is hacked or compromised, so I can't trust the results. Um, so is this them trying to write away the switching errors? They're saying, oh, fluctuations in official, or excuse me, fluctuations in unofficial results reporting will occur during and after election nights. So don't worry about variations or fluctuations or switches. Uh, don't worry about variations like over 100% turnout. Just don't worry. Be happy. Just like that song that they played in uh, Songbird. You know that new movie coming out about COVID-23 or COVID-21 or whatever they're calling it? Just this dystopian nightmare horror movie about COVID lockdowns continuing well into the future. But here's Dominion having a very similar approach to how they lay this out. And this came out a few days ago. Actually, to, or it was updated today. Vote, delish, vote deletion switching assertions are completely false. It's been debunked by fact checkers. Well, what about the clip that I showed on the last video here where we watched it flip on CNN multiple times, it, both in the Kentucky governor race and in the presidential uh, race? We saw, I think it was Pennsylvania state results. We saw, well, let me just address the presidential incident. We saw 19,000 votes just mysteriously update on the graphic from one candidate to the other, specifically Trump to Biden. So, oh, that's completely false. It's like, well, no, you can say that it's uh, unfounded, but to say it's completely false, that's a much harder thing to prove, especially given all the evidence showing that it happened. Um, here it says, Dominion is a nonpartisan U.S. company. Uh, I, I hear they're out of Canada, but look right here. It says, as reported by the Associated Press, Dominion made a one-time philanthropic commitment. Oh, it's a philanthropic donation to the Clinton Foundation. Oh, okay. At a Clinton Global Initiative meeting in 2014, 
But the Clinton Foundation has no stake or investment in Dominion's operations. Well, I'm glad that is true, or if it is true. But why did you give them that money? Why did you give Clinton Foundation a bunch of money? How are you nonpartisan if you donate a bunch of money to the Clintons? Also, how are or the, their foundation, right? Because, oh, it's totally separate from the Clintons. This is their charity endeavor. <laughs> they, don't, they don't embezzle any of it. Um, but just look here how they how they uh, how they say we don't have any ties or no ownership re relations relationships to the Clinton Global Initiative. Okay, they don't own us, but we gave them a bunch of money. Uh, how are you nonpartisan if you gave the Clinton Foundation money? Oh, because they're a nonpartisan group. Well, if if you want me to believe that, <laughs> I'm not going to. Spoiler alert. There were no Dominion software glitches, and ballots were accurately tabulated. The results are 100% accurate. Well, that's not what I hear. Uh, I, I put out this video on the backup channel of a whistleblower from Dominion Voting Systems. And let me see if I can find this real quick. She says uh, something about... Let's see if I can find this in the transcript here. Uh, something about our job is... Um, Let's see, run the... Okay, here we go. Let me uh, find a good spot to start here. So she was seeing issues with uh, ballots being scanned multiple times. Like a lot of times. That's what she's alleging. And she she's a contractor for Dominion that, and worked during the 2020 election. Um, check out what she says here. His name is Nick, okay. and he's also a co-owner of the company of uh, Dominion Voting. Oh. And yeah, yeah. Okay. And, um, what right. did he tell you to do? Um, he pulled. So, so I I brought him over, and I said, Nick. Um, I said we have a huge problem here, and he said. Melissa, can I talk to you over here for a second? And he pulled me aside and he said, the last thing I want to hear is that we have a huge problem. He goes, and we are here to assist with IT. We are not here to run their election. You hear that? So supposedly a legitimate complaint came in from a worker saying there's a huge problem to, to a co-owner, she, she claims, of Dominion Voting Systems. And he says, basically, to the whistleblower, don't tell me that. We're not going to look into that. We're, we're not here to, quote, run the election for them. It's like, well, that's a very crazy thing to say. So it's almost as if, from, from what my interpretation of what that man said, allegedly, is that they built this system, and then they don't care if it's exploited. They're just going to... Uh, turn a blind eye and not say anything and not even want, they don't even want to hear about it. So, um, that's, that'll be linked in the, the chat. If you guys want to go, um, see that. And if, while you're there, add the backup channel. <laughs> I know I keep saying it, but, um, that channel is going to be having more and more videos in the future. And uh, even tonight, we're going to have a call in show. If anybody wants to, to sound off and we'll, we'll do some more commentary on what's happening. Um, they say no unauthorized or last-minute software updates, even though people are thinking that it happened in Georgia because it broke the 
the ability for people to to vote because there was an update the night before, allegedly. So they keep saying 100% false, completely, completely false. It's like, how do you know if you didn't even want to look at it? Remember the, the whistleblower just said she brought credible, a credible uh, point to a higher up at Dominion. And he said, I don't want to hear about any issues. So this is really interesting about COVID. I know we keep switching gears. I, I feel like the two biggest stories right now are COVID and the vaccines and the election and how that's going to play out leading into certification and inauguration. But uh, this is fascinating. Um, Elon Musk has been making the rounds. Let me start with this tweet. He says, something extremely bogus is going on. Was tested for COVID four times today. Two tests came back negative. Two tests came back positive. Same machine, same test, same nurse. Rapid antigen test from some company with the initials BD. So this is fascinating. Uh, I also, I mean, I, I like that he's calling it bogus. I also like that he got tested four times. It's almost like he's like experimenting with the process. And I'm no, I'm no fan of Elon Musk, to be honest. I think he's faking space and propagandizing to a lot of people. This is probably to prop him up as like a, a folk hero in certain groups, right? But this is very interesting that he got tested four times and it came back 50-50. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I I talked to people. Like the one that comes to my mind is speaking to my mother. And um, I, I bring up the point that uh, I'm not as freaked out about this as everybody else is, and I don't like the lockdowns or the man, the mask mandates. And apparently they do, some of these people, like my mom. And um, I say, well, how do you explain that so many people are asymptomatic with this disease if it's so deadly that you need to be tested to even know you have it? And she's like, uh, she, she didn't have a, really, really a, good, a good answer for that, obviously. Or maybe not, obviously, but... Uh, then I asked, are you even sure about these tests? They Apparently, they scraped some some junk out of somebody's lungs in China. And uh, they're assuming that they were able to identify the genetic code of the virus. And um, how do we know that the tests are accurate if so many asymptomatic people are testing positive and we don't really know what's going on? And uh, she was like, oh, I have unwavering faith in the test pretty much is what she said but uh right here elon musk says he took four tests in one day two came back negative and two came back positive same machine same test same nurse here's another tweet he put out what is the general population no knowledge of symptoms accuracy of a sars-cov-2 pcr test and is it possible is it possible to generate a false positive if you simply run enough cycles so he's talking about PCR cycles. Somebody's uh, blowing the whistle on the whole situation. Do you know who's not blowing the whole the, the whistle on the situation? Donald Trump. He's playing right into it with uh, surprisingly white hair. Does anyone else notice? I don't know if they put like a filter on this or something, or if it's been a while since he's gotten his hair dyed or something. It looks like he's got some like incredibly gray hair all of a sudden. Uh, so I don't know what that's all about. 
But uh, let's watch uh, what he says here about uh, Pfizer. This is, you know, what the thumbnail is about. He's going to brag about giving Pfizer $2 billion, saying he's going to make the vaccines free of charge as if those two things don't contradict each other. He's going to drop this 90% effectiveness rate, which he's just basically quoting some PR propaganda, in my opinion, marketing material that Pfizer dripped out without putting out their full results. I haven't seen the full results yet. Maybe they've been released, but they're not really going over those. And um, remember, this is a two-dose shot with some serious uh, side effects in a lot of the people. They, they say that they feel like it's a severe hangover, one person said. Uh, sore arms are being reported, chills, uh, other other ailments. But listen to what Trump says here, and he put this out on his Twitter a minute and 20 seconds long. I'll speed it up a little bit. As a result of Operation Warp Speed, Pfizer announced on Monday that its China virus vaccine is more than 90% effective. Oh, well, if Pfizer announced it, so Pfizer comes out and says, our product is 90% effective. Nine out of 10 doctors are healed. Nine out of 10 doctors agree. Um, it's like, well, effective at what? And why are we supposed to trust Pfizer? Like, I, I do not trust any of these medical companies or the oversight of the FDA. And I know I'll probably be locked up as a schizophrenic for that in the future, but I do not trust authority. Uh, I do not obey authority, which is what they want us to do. That's what authority means. It's like, all oh, these are people that you must obey. That's what authority means. It's like, no, no, that's stupid. I opt out. Hard pass. This far exceeds any and all expectations. Nobody thought they'd get to that level. And we have others coming, which we think will be at equal level, maybe more if that's possible. In July, my administration reached an agreement with Pfizer to provide $1.95 billion to support the mass manufacturing and distribution of 100 million doses, with the option to purchase a total of 600 million doses shortly thereafter. Our investment will make it possible for the vaccine to be provided by Pfizer free of charge. Pfizer said it wasn't part of warp speed, but that turned out to be an unfortunate misrepresentation. They are part. That's why we gave them the $1.95 billion and... Uh, it was an unfortunate mistake that they made when they said that. We will work to secure an emergency use authorization, which should be coming down extremely soon. And my administration will then coordinate the distribution of the vaccine. And uh, it will be approved. I think, again, it will be approved very, very quickly, we hope. Yeah, people in the chat are agreeing that it does look a little bit grayer, um, a lot grayer. Maybe he went to the same hairstylist Anderson Cooper goes to. And I'm also seeing that there's some uh, some people that like Trump in the chat that aren't on the vaccine train. And that's good to see. Um, I just wish people were more outspoken about it. But I, I feel like people are being put in a bind here because in their eyes and in, in certain ways it is happening, at least on the, the world stage, even if it is all theater. Which I'm not saying for sure, but sometimes I get that impression. Um, they kind of have to support Trump because they feel that he's being victimized and... and um, there's a coup and an election fraud, and that's what these uh, these Trump fans think. And I sympathize with them on that, but I'm not going to support Trump just because of that. And uh, I don't like Operation Warp Speed. I don't like Pfizer. I don't want it in my body. Leave my DNA and my RNA alone. It's fine. I like it. And um, if, if anybody else wants to get the medicine, go for it. But I do not want your needle in my arm. I don't want it in my future children. I don't want it anywhere at all. So 
It is interesting though, because I, I do um, go to various forums. Like uh, there's one forum called the Donald, which is a pretty cool site. And um, even over there, they're not that happy about the vaccines, which is uh, interesting. So um, why is Trump doing this? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I'm thinking he might be a sold out globalist. But of course, he says he's not, and uh, the media hates him. So how could he possibly be in on the scam? Uh, moving on. Eight out of nine mismatched signatures accepted in Nevada mail-in ballot experiment, says report. Now, this is very interesting. Um, remember in Nevada, we had the uh, press conference. You know, let me maybe jog our memories about the press conference. That's this video here. Hey, everybody. Let me skip past my intro. Um, listen to what this guy says in Nevada about the tabulate about the vote uh, signatures. Let me see if I can find the transcript. Um, signatures. County had a lot of improper voters, and we pointed out that the signature verification process and these things were simply not going to protect the system. We were told that signature verification would save all chances of fraud. But what we've discovered is that we have over 600,000 votes that have been counted in the state of Nevada through the mail-in system. This campaign has not observed, has not laid our eyes on a ballot signature, excuse me, an envelope signature, and a voter roll signature on a single one of those 600,000 voters. And in particular, the Clark County Registrar went with a machine called the Agilis machine. And at least 200,000 votes were counted through the signature verification process of this machine only. I will repeat for the media, no human beings looked at those signature matches to confirm they were in fact matches. Now we have, we have uh, artificial intelligence and computer photographic forensic experts that are absolutely positive that the fact that Joe Gloria, which was admitted in court, reduced the factory setting to 40%, that to, in order for that system to properly work would take months and months of testing with a large amount of experts, and that simply was not done. 200,000 of the votes went through this computer system that we cannot be sure verified these votes properly. Now, as we said, we were going to present evidence of major voter irregularities and voter fraud, and we've been pouring those out over the last 24 hours. I'm going to turn over to MatchLab to go into particulars. So um, let me see if there's any, uh, there's something about 40% in here, hopefully. Um, if I can find it, 40%. Basically, they set the, uh, the threshold to determine whether two signatures are deemed the same by the computer to some arbitrary number of 40%. But I can't find it at the moment. Um, that's in Nevada, though. That was that press conference we just watched was in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now let's jump back to the breaking news here: an experiment testing the veracity of Nevada mail-in ballot signatures, um, the verification of said signatures, re reportedly resulted in an 89% failure rate, raising concerns about the integrity of the state's um, system. So um, 
The columnist says, I wrote their names in cursive using my normal handwriting. Then, or they then copied my version of their name onto their ballot envelope. This two-step process was necessary to ensure no laws were broken. The result contradicted assurances from Nevada officials that signing verification, the process of matching a voter's signature on file to the signatures on the ballot would prevent fraudulent ballots from being counted. Eight of the nine ballots went through. In other words, signature verification had an 89% failure rate in catching mismatched signatures. Jocks did not reveal photos of the signatures used on the ballots or the names of those who participated. That's interesting. Did they just, uh, did they do this beforehand? And this could also be fabricated, right? I'm, I'm a very skeptical person. I don't know if they actually did this experiment, but it seems like a group of people were like, Hey, let's test out if the signature works, the signature check. And then they both signed two different parts of the, the thing completely differently. I don't know, but that's very, very concerning because that would allow people to, to, uh, forge other people's signatures and take mail-in ballots wherever they're found and cast them, even though they're not theirs. So uh, next up, I want to give a big shout-out to High Impact TV. Uh, he put out this uh, video that I hadn't seen with some great commentary. He's always on top of things. I'm going to put the link in the chat. Everyone make sure you go uh, follow Brian over there. If you haven't heard of his work, you are missing out. He's been banned time and time again and keeps coming back. And... Uh, Listen to the C, or listen to 60 minutes here talking about using the military to deploy the vaccine. Over bullet. Just as with the annual flu shot, some of us will still get sick. Logical translation. Not only are pharma products like this potentially hazardous to your short-term and long-term health, according to historical facts, there's a good possibility that you'll get sick even if you get supposes that there's an actual So I'm trying to find the part, yeah, right here. At warp speed in real time. So if this distribution of vaccines doesn't go according to plan, where does the buck stop? Me. Conversation's over. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Me. I hold myself 100% personally accountable to that end. Ever get the feeling that you're watching? So there's this other clip in here I wanted to show that he found as well. A million Americans is being orchestrated by military. 300 million Americans. Military specialists brought in from across the country. So the military industrial complex. So again, you got to go watch this full video. Brian's on point. I don't want to steal any of his content here. Uh, I just wanted to show that 60 minutes clip. Let's see if there's anything else here. Product. One day's apart. Did you hear that? They're so they have to do two rounds. They have to, uh, they have to inject you one time and then you get the side effects a lot of the time. And then you come back and they inject you again and you might get worse side effects according to some of the, uh, trial volunteers who felt bad after getting the shots. All right, moving on. Uh, look at this. If this is true, this is mind-boggling. In Georgia, there are these, these counts of ballots that only voted in the presidential race. So there were 283,000 people who decided to fill out a Georgia ballot and only cast their vote for Biden. Meanwhile, if you look at the Trump side of the equation, there were 93. So, like what 250 
how many times less is that? Uh, 3,000 times more Biden votes than uh, Trump in terms of people who only voted in the presidential race. Something weird going on there. Why so many ballots for Biden that only vote for Biden? Nobody else. That's so weird. What's going on in Georgia? Now, this is another theory I want to make sure everybody's aware of just so you're on top of things. I'm not sure if this is actually what's what's happening, but a lot of people are speculating that um, there's a setting in Dominion Machines uh, for people to have a vote preference, I guess. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but I guess the idea is that if you if you say, I want to vote for all Republicans or something, or if you have a vote preference for Republicans as a fallback or something, um, they could put potentially somebody in with what looks like to, to be a Republican label, but in the system, they're actually R-U-P-U- B capital I lowercase I C A N. So they're saying that the the L could be a capital I and then it wouldn't match for uh people voting for Republican. Now I'm not sure if that is in fact what is happening here, but you can see how similar it looks to have a capital I or an or an L. And uh what I want to show you is on the sample ballot. Right here. Now, it's important to note that it's only on this sample ballot once. This Republican with a capital L instead of an I, but it's still on here. Uh, if it's gonna let, it's not even gonna let me show you. This is hokey. All right. Um, So if I right-click and do inspect on this, this is straight off of the Massachusetts uh, U.S. website, I think. Fit Fitzburg, Massachusetts County, I believe. So right here, I'm mousing over. Let me show you what I'm looking at. This is called developer tools. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a web developer um, is what I like to do. And um, this is what people use to build websites and to check what's going on in the website so that they can improve upon it and you know see what's, see what's going wrong if something's going wrong. And uh, right here, you can see the text that's being shown. Republic, Republic, uh, Republican, <laughs> Republican. Uh, I can show you here if I copy paste it. Um, it's it's two lowercase eyes, is the key thing. And I know it's hard to see there. You'll have to take my word for it, or you can go to this Twitter account and run it yourself. Stephen W. Mosher. So um, the next thing I want to show is that apparently, at least One American News is reporting, Trump might be cleaning house in the Department of Homeland Security. So um, they are the ones, by the way, who came out and said, there is no evidence that the, any voting system deleted or lost votes, changed votes, or was in any way compromised. So um, is that why he is cleaning out those people? Because they might be lying to the American people? Or maybe just because they disagree with what he wants to do. Um, that's what it seems to be. And it's very interesting that he's doing this and declaring victory in a number of ways. Um, given that, you know, the media and the tech companies are, are uh, shoving down everyone's uh, throat that Biden won. And um, also, of course, his time in office, if that's the case, is dwindling. He's just got like another two months. So... 
is he trying to make the most of the two months? Is he prepping himself for staying in office or both? I, I don't know. Uh, but it seems like he's firing people that um, go contrary to his mission. Now, I thought this was interesting on the Donald. Somebody asks, so who else is planning to sign up as a Democrat poll watcher for 2022? Now, usually I would uh, frown at, at anything, and I'm not encouraging anybody to lie about any of this type of stuff, but I do have a completely different opinion as to uh, whether somebody uh, res or registers for the other side to get into the, the building if they're going to exclude all the Republicans, then it makes sense to have to be in there as a Democrat. Although they'll probably still kick you out if you start drawing objections, right? Um, but what people are suggesting is like, hey, if this if we're really in the midst of like a huge fraud situation, one workaround would be to be a Democrat poll uh, poll watcher, and then uh, to document their scam or to uh, to not be excluded for being a Republican. And uh, some people are even talking about doing like the Project Veritas hidden camera. To see if they can catch the um, any malfeasance or um, malevolence. So uh, back to Pfizer. And before I get into this, I just want to make it very clear that uh, I would have to see Bill Gates get injected with a gallon of vaccine serum and uh, show no side side effects. Kind of like the uh, the glyphosate test. Remember how they always say, if it's safe, then drink a glass of it. And the, and the person's always like, no, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to drink a glass of <laughs> of um, pesticide. And then they say, well, it's not safe then if you're not going to drink it. You just admit it. It's not safe. Well, at the doses, it's safe. Well, if it's bad in a lot, if it's, if, it's, if it's bad in a large amount of quantity, I think it's usually bad in a small amount of quantity. Now, there's exceptions to the rule. Maybe people will say that vaccines are the exceptions. But uh, I may take the vaccine if they show me. Bill Gates getting injected with a gallon full of the stuff. So um, next up, uh, this person brought up some um, potential violations that Pfizer's made over the years. Now, I haven't fact-checked this, but it looks like this is like a watchdog group tracking violation of, um, of Pfizer in this case and how much they've, ha they've been penalized since 2000. Now, apparently, they've been penalized 80 times for a total of $4 billion, $4.7 billion. And uh, this includes, according to this uh, info here, health-related or healthcare-related offenses, government contracting-related offenses, safety-related offenses, competition-related offenses, and environment-related offenses. And then... Um, but no, no, Andrew Andrew Cuomo came out and said, oh, it's not that we don't trust the big pharma companies. It's we don't trust Trump. It's like, well, to be honest, I don't trust any of these people on the television, um, including Trump. But I, I really Biden really scares me because he says, I'm going to listen to the scientists. And then we see who, who he means by scientists. And uh, I'm very concerned about a scientific dictatorship being being ushered in. And I think it's already happened in large part. And a Biden presidency would just cement that. So I don't like authoritarianism. I don't like uh, scientism as a control mechanism because they train people to just believe science without question, believe authority, obey authority. Now, speaking of obeying authority, um, these clowns in Sussex, where is Sussex? Is that UK? Um, 
I'll look that up. Uh, Sussex is a county in the south of England. So apparently they came up to him with cameras rolling here, the lights on, and tell it, they told him he can't operate his car wash because of COVID restrictions. He's not essential. He's like, oh, but what about that big, big car wash over there? They're allowed to run. And they're like, well, this isn't about them. This is about you. This is about the mom and pop shop we're currently trying to shut down. Pra practically is what I'm in. I'm reading between the lines. But um, this clown here, which I'm just going to point out, is overweight. And that is like one of the biggest uh, problems with COVID apparently is overweight people catching it. And uh, she's also a super spreader because she's going around harassing people, it seems. Uh, so I, I would argue that this uh, this person here um, is much bigger threat if COVID is real and spreads the way they say than a person cleaning people's cars. You would think sanitation would or, um, people who sanitize and clean things would be an essential thing during a pandemic if it's what they claim it is. But it's, it's probably not what they claim it is. Um, let's watch what this overweight police officer says. Can you not my face, please? Am I against the law? Why, why are you being awkward, sir? I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just filming. Okay. The car was just not allowed to be opened. For what reason, please? On what grounds? The grounds are that we are in lockdown. National guidances are car washes non-essential non shops. Can you please state to me why car wash is not essential? We do cars That's for taxis. For me to no, no, no. I, I would like to, to know, please. The Prime Minister or that. He how, can I, how can I ask the Prime Minister? Don't ask me. This is so... I'm what is the difference to... between us being open in here and Asda's? Asda's car wash is open. That, that's nothing to do with why we're here. No, no. Asda's is a car wash. This is a car wash. As this is open, please know. tell me. I haven't been there. We, yeah, okay, so, what you get, so why are Asda's open? That, that's, that's got nothing to do with why we're here. Okay? Okay. Because you breached the lockdown rules, you are going to be £5,000, which you can contest after mm. you get the ticket. Okay. That's not up to me, that's up to you. A thousand pound fine. And I just want to be clear, I gave her a hard time about being overweight, but that's only, I, I don't have any problem with, with anybody's body or anything like that. And I don't, I don't make fun of people, but I do have a problem when somebody who, in my opinion, is, is very unhealthy. Um, and that's a, their choice to be unhealthy or not, um, is trying to tell other people who are probably much healthier than they are, um, how to operate and claiming the moral high ground because they have a little piece of fabric over their face and they have their little uniform on. So um, this just disgusts me in a number of ways. A thousand pounds. All he was trying to do was run his business. Do you think if he had all that money laying around, he would be open right now? No. If you were sitting on a fortune, you probably don't need to be running your business. So it's just like, let's, let's attack the poor people for working while we're trying to shut down every, everything in the world. Issue the fine. I need your details as a person who's paying to speak to us. Who I believe you might be the manager. I'm not the owner, but I can give. Charge. I can give you the owner's details. I know his name. That's it. We need a phone number or anything that we can identify who he is. I have his name. I can give you his name. And so infuriating what's happening to all these great people around the world. Now speaking of what's happening to people around the world, this is a fascinating graphic that I want to share. Um, Let's just go through this real quick. I'm going to cover this more on the uh, the other stream tonight uh, with the open phones. Um, but this is very interesting. So there's apparently a Biderman report of 1956. Let's look that up real quick. What's Biderman report 1956? 
the chart of coercion um report on torture use of torture by the chilean junta so let's see what COVID 19 has in parallel with uh the torture used by uh those people um isolation deprives individual or social support of his ability to resist makes individual dependent on the captor individual develops an intense concern with self COVID 19 isolation social distancing isolation from loved ones massive job loss solitary confinement semi-isolation quarantines and concentration camps or containment camps a monopolization of perception fixes all intent fixes all attention upon immediate predicament frustrates all action not consistent with compliance eliminates stim, uh, stimuli competing with those controlled by the captor i mean this is just so interesting the way this is worded worded um covid19 how does that relate with uh, monopolization of perception restrict movement create mon uh, monotony boredom prevent gathering media or prevent gatherings meetings concerts sports dominate all media sensor information sensor information is a huge one um, induced debility and exhaustion weakens mental and physical ability to resist people become worn out by tension and by tension and fear uh, induced debility how does this apply for COVID-19 forced to stay at home all media is negative not permitted to exercise or socialize I think this is a great um, point that this this meme is making here this chart uh, threats cultivate anxiety and despair give demands and consequences for non-compliance well how how are threats and intimidation used for COVID-19 well they threaten to close businesses and levy fines uh, they predict ex um, extension of quarantine maybe forcing vaccines maybe more uh, creation of containment camps occasional indulgences provides motivation for compliance hinders adjustment to deprivation creates hope for change resists or reduces re resistance this keeps people unsure of what's happening i also want to point out this is um also something that you can look at with psychology it's like the anchoring effect if you create people's expectation to be something awful is going to happen for the next year and then later you say okay i know you think that everything's going to be awful but hey look at this if you just do this then i can make your life great then people are like hey that, that's a great alternative that's a great option even though that might have been the plan all along to get people to go for that option right and uh and they keep hanging out these carrots in front of us too they're like hey if you all wear a mask for two weeks or at first it was just like hey let's just uh chill out for two weeks slow the spread and then we'll, we'll allow you to all get back and then they're like oh just everyone wear a mask for a little bit then we'll snuff this virus out and now they're like okay everyone just shut down nobody's allowed to do anything and we're gonna give you two pfizer vaccines that have been tested um in something called operation warp speed um faster than any vaccine has ever been created in, in history so uh let's see what kind of uh positive stimuli they're giving to people um positive reinforcement allow reopening of some stores and services let restaurants open but only at a certain capacity increase more people allowed to gather follow concessions with tougher rules demonstrate omnipotence demonstrates or futility of resistance shows who's in charge provides positive motivation for compliance uh shut down entire economies across the world this is what they're doing with covid 
create money out of nowhere and force dependency, develop total surveillance with various techniques. Um, they mentioned these here. You can probably read those. I think more like the social media sites and internet and uh, them tracking all our financial transactions and everything is a bigger threat than nano chips at the moment. But uh, I don't, I don't really rule out any conspiracy theories at this point because a lot of people's theories have become correct. And they're the same people that say in the future, there might be nano chips. So it's like, you know, here we sit in mid November, 2020, can we really knock conspiracy theorists at this point? I think we owe the conspiracy theorists a big apology. I think the mainstream media does anyway. I've been pretty nice to conspiracy theorists being one. So degra uh, degra degradation makes resistance seem worse than compliance, creates feelings of helplessness, creates fear of freedom, dependence upon captors. And how are humiliation or degradation techniques used uh, during the COVID period? Shame people who refuse masks. Don't distance. Make people stand on circles in between lines. Make people stand outside and wait in queues. Sanitation stations in every shop. So just kind of insinuating that you're dirty, that you're a spreader, that you're, uh, what, what did that guy say? Uh, spewing virus in his face. That's why you can't go outside without a mask. Cause this one guy somewhere in the world says we're spewing virus in his face. Um, I also want to point out that they have this aspect of collective punishment. And also they, they delegate a lot of the enforcement to the collective Borg. And, uh, that's why we see a lot of people get so mad at somebody without wearing a mask. They, they attribute all of these awful things that are happening to them in their life to people not wearing masks because that's what the media is trying to get them to think. And uh, they're like, hey, man, you're the reason why we have to stay on lockdown. It's like, no, I'm not the reason why you have to stay on lockdown. That would be your government. So, um, oops. Let's keep going through here. Almost done with this chart, but it's fascinating. Um, Enforcing trivial demands develops habit of compliance. Demands made are illogical and contradictory. Rules on compliance may change. Requires, or, or excuse me, reinforces who's in control. And how is this happening with uh, COVID? Family members must stand apart. Masks in home, even during intimacy. Uh, random limits on people allowed to be together. Sanitizers being used over and over. So great chart here. Uh, and I just wanted to share that. And you could probably keep going on and on about all of the different ways that they're doing. But I think isolation and sensory deprivation are huge components here. So um, <laughs> this is pretty interesting. Uh, Google censored a spreadsheet that people were using for looking into voting irregularity. And uh, it says, we're sorry, but you can't access this item because it's in violation of our terms and services. So we read this Elon... Uh, expose about his four tests, two of which were positive, two negative. Um, this is crazy. A lot of these state officials are like really using this COVID excuse. Like, look at this. Georgia's secretary of state entered quarantine today after his wife tested positive for COVID. State officials uh, said his quarantine won't affect the recount since counties are doing most of that work. So secretary of state, I believe, is in charge of like each state's election process and he's he's using the wife has covid excuse like has anyone uh verified that his wife really has covid kind of sounds like when you call into work and you're like oh my my kid's sick i need to take the day off it's like uh keep in mind that that is wire fraud 
if you're using a, a phone or an internet to lie about being sick to get out of your duties, and I'm not talking about the, I mean, it, technically it might be, but I'm not talking about the average employee, I'm talking about the Secretary of State, these government uh, pu- public servants. Uh, here are two images that I came across that I wanted to share, actually two articles uh, that I thought were crazy, and we actually covered one of them already. Fauci says the U.S. has independent spirit, but now is the time to, quote, do what you're told. And I liked how on uh, Dissenter, it just has all thumbs down and just tons of comments ripping into them. Um, and then this one here is pretty funny, too, uh, from liberal site Media Mediaite. Pro-Trump adults now tell president to throw in the towel. Pro-Trump adults signaling president to throw in the towel. Time coming soon to say goodbye, quote unquote. And then 13 people thumbed that one down. So it's just it's just funny to see them lying through their teeth about what different groups are saying. Now, here is uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot defending what we covered earlier, her out in public without a mask on despite freaking out and saying how great science is and how science is back and how the earth is round and all of this stuff that we need to listen to her because she's, you know, the smartest person um, and she listens to science. <laughs> um, and she she is asked about how how does this jive with, you know, all this other nonsense that you keep telling us. And what's funny is they're not letting people watch this video. It was going viral and now Twitter's like, oh, nope, we're spinning. I'm thinking, I'm thinking over here. It's like, I'm pretty sure this is uh, intentional uh, degradation of service because they don't want us to watch this. Good news is I have acquired the video and it's right here. Here is Lori Lightfoot on MSNBC um, handling it a little bit differently than CNN handled uh, the other person uh, that we watched earlier. And the guy was like, oh, you don't have the right to not wear a mask. You can't just spew virus in my face. And uh, just the tone, I guess my point is the tone and the way these questions are just such softballs in comparison uh, to how they handled that other woman. Uh, listen to how this uh, went down on on uh, MSNBC with, uh, I almost called her Beetlejuice, um, Lori Lightfoot. One of the reasons people feel frustrated or skeptical is they're getting a lot of mixed messages. What do you say to those who are criticizing you where less than a week ago you went out and stood before a massive crowd who was celebrating um, Joe Biden's victory, and now you're saying your city has to shut down? How do you have one and not the other? Well, look, I, I, I think that We've been saying all along, everybody has to take care. Everybody has to take precaution. I will tell you, in that big crowd a week ago, we had everybody was wearing masks. Look, you're not wearing a mask. We're looking right at you. You're a liar. You're a trickster and a liar. Uh, everybody in this crowd is wearing a mask. Like you are right here in the middle, and you're not wearing a mask, and you're shouting. You can see the shot here. Um, mask compliance in our city. Yeah, we can see that you're lying right here. You're not wearing a mask go we had everybody was wearing masks look at you can see the shot here yeah we can see the shot you keep saying that like how dumb do you think we are mask compliance in our city is actually up very very high but yes and that guy wasn't wearing a mask either look at this guy no mask not that i i really care whether people wear masks or not i actually think that it's probably better to not wear masks because then you can breathe freely um and you're not going to get any sort of like bacterial infection or something uh, from having like a dirty rag on your face. But I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. Uh, make your own decisions with uh, with all the evidence at hand. But uh, this is just insane that she's lying to us.
about oh everyone wore, wore a mask so therefore therefore nobody could possibly have spread <laughs> compliance in our city is actually up very very high but yes there are times when we actually do need to have a relief and come together and i felt like that was one of those times that crowd was gathered whether i was there or not but this has been a super hard year on everyone everyone feels traumatized they feel um yeah why do you think they feel traumatized and that's not an accidental word there that's practically like what they're gunning for, I feel like, with this um, with this whole push. Remember, we covered this document here. I thought this was really interesting. And it says right here, induced debility and exhaustion uh, from the fear and negative media and uh, just wear people down, right? So let's keep going on. Enough of that, tyrant. All right, we're closing in on the, the last of the stories here. So thank you, everyone, for sticking with me here in this massive news rundown. Uh, former chief science officer for Pfizer is quoted as saying, second wave faked on false tests. Quote, pandemic is over, he says. Wow, that's interesting. Let's check this out. Um, former chief scientific advisor for Pfizer. Um, and uh, I don't know if we're going to get an interview with him. All right, I don't have time to go through all of this, but we'll save this for the other stream tonight. Um, here, let's read one of the quotes. Um, he was asked, we are basing a government policy, an economic policy, a civil liberties policy in, in terms of limiting people to six people in a meeting, all based on what may well be completely fake data on the coronavirus. He answered with a simple yes. Wow. I mean, of course it may be fake. That's... That's obvious. Um, we'll, we'll cover some of this other stuff on the other stream. Yeah, we'll cover... You know what? Let's wrap it up here, and then uh, we'll save all these other articles and then loop back through some of the other ones. Take calls in about maybe an hour or 15 minutes, um, 12 p.m. on uh, the backup channel. So uh, I want to I give a big thank you to the people who've signed up for the Patreon. And I, I just want to encourage other people to come join us there. It's just a $1 a month cover charge. And uh, then you can unlock all these documentaries and videos. And we can uh, converse over there. You can send me messages. And I'll respond if, when I get to them. And um, it really helps a lot. And if, if everyone just pitched in a dollar, we would be in a completely different, much better situation. At least as far as this channel is concerned. So if you like the the news rundowns, if you like the documentaries, if you like the the uh, the the script deep dives where we uh, either try to go through official data to see if there's any irregularities or fraud signs, or um, just in general uh, info uh, informational videos, tutorials on how to uh, use technology, how to write scripts, or how to use audio equipment, or make websites, or any number of things. I I, I have a lot of um, like software tutorials. I want to show people how to make videos, how to uh, do podcasts, just a lot of more information that I want to get out there. And uh, if you guys could help fund the show, uh, I don't like to ask for money, but then again, we have to because YouTube's not going to help us like they're helping the young Turks, right? We have to kind of piece the things together. And um, I wouldn't have to be doing these little plugs if more people supported it, but I've just got to got to make my little case for uh crowdfunding so i really appreciate the people who have supported me over the months and uh 
hopefully we can get the uh, the level of support even higher to make this like a full-time endeavor. So uh, thank you everybody for tuning in to the first stream of the day where we cover um, we cover a lot we cover a lot of news and there's gonna be a call-in show later on the backup channel. Let's get you that link to the backup channel if you guys want to uh, see you over there. If, 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 if you want to join us over there, then I'll see you there. And um, we'll even be taking in calls over Discord. So it's it's really easy to do. You don't have to use your phone number. You just uh, go on your computer or your phone to Discord. It's an app or a website. And you can call in and uh, we will hear you out. And I'll ask you some questions to, to get your opinion. And uh, you can ask me questions or whatever. And we'll have a, a jolly old good time over there despite how much they want to isolate us off, despite how much they want us um, watching CNN, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. So thank you, everybody. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. You all rock. And um, until next time, I am going to be signing out. Um, in an hour, 15 minutes, I'll be on the backup channel for another live one. Take care, everyone. Really appreciate you.